Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. At least one of us uh, who are on this show showed up today. Brand new cast of characters for you. It's a whole new cast today. You got the D-listers over here in sports. I don't know about that. (laughs) I don't know about that. It's just uh, everybody's gone today. It's got to be jarring, Dean. I I like to personally apologize for it. I like, uh, you know, I don't don't like to really think too much during the show. (laughs) This is going to require me paying attention during the show today. I, for one, have been looking forward to this all weekend. We've been prepping for two hours, Dean, to be our best. (laughs) Really? Yes, it's been oh, intense nice. in here. It's been like, great. Like working out before a game like that? I just looked at Kevin and said, carry me. Well, <laughs> Carmen and I go back far enough that you probably said, uh, don't even worry about it because he doesn't care about the show either. <laughs> I did not say that. So, uh, nice. Well, it's nice to have both of you here. Shwani and Andy uh, are both off. And uh, Kevin Wells is filling in in the Shwani position today. And uh, nice to have Mark Carmen. It's been uh, forever since I've seen you. I know, Dean. I, um, I'm thinking about you right now in your old office back on in the in the Tribune Tower days. Is the in the old dump, as I like to call it. That place was sweet. Your office, I'm talking about. My office was because it was uh, it was like a uh, uh, you, you needed a map to find it. It was not easily found. No one knew it existed. I think I worked there for two years. I'm like, what is this room? Oh, wow. <laughs> this is Dean's room. This is Dean's uh, office slash studio. Yeah, that was a nice studio there. Uh, and now I have a cubicle. <laughs> <laughs> Still here, baby. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I missed out on the Tribune Tower days, but then I hear the horror stories. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, well, you there, missed out, buddy. It was amazing. There were pluses and minuses. You know what was uh, some of my favorite days to be at Tribune Tower uh, was on Bears Packard days because the Packer fans would be walking up and down Michigan Avenue taunting me as if I don't know why they would decided to taunt me but they would come up with their often with cheese hats on and uh, you know their their jerseys and uh, uh, you know just uh, like hey hey pack the pack the pack and I would call security and turn on the sprinklers on them. <laughs> Great move. Yeah. I always wanted them to put sprinklers out there. They never did. Well, they had that mic that you could talk on the street and scare them. I was going to say, I heard about that. The, yeah. the outside mic. Did you ever turn it on? Anything, always. Anything, well, when oh. Packers fans were walking by. Oh, with Capture Packers any fans? nasty stuff? Uh, yeah. No. No, I never. I really, I just uh, ignored them, and inevitably somebody would pull their pants down and think that <laughs> we'd never seen a human butt on the window before. When really, it happened several times per show, <laughs> often by me on the other side of the glass. Well, anyway, we're here for almost a full show today, and uh, this this is a, a tricky day to follow what's going on here because I'm on until twelve thirty. And then it's Hamp and OB, right, at 1230? That's right. Mm-hmm. That's what Andy's doing today. He's got a long day today. Oh. He's got the oh, post-game Andy. show at 9 oh, o'clock tonight. Poor Andy. He has to watch a football game <laughs> and eat food with Hamp and OB. Oh. Uh, so then after Hamp and OB at 1.30 now, right? That's right. What happens then? 
That would be the Joe Brand Blackhawks pregame show into the Hawks in Calgary at 2. Mm. Okay. And then after that, it's Northwestern. Is that right? The Cats and the Michigan State Spartans from Welsh Ryan Arena. Huge game for Northwestern. Hopefully yeah. they bounce back after the Illinois loss. Yeah, yeah. And then we get the Hampton OB post-game show. Uh, basically at like 2 in the morning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. OB will be in a great mood. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope the Bears, the Bears had better win. Because <laughs> if the Bears lose and Hamp is that tired, or uh, OB is that tired, that late... Uh, it, well, it, it's must listening uh, either way, I guess. All well, right. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> OB is thrilled there's Wildcat basketball right after the game. <laughs> I can only imagine. I can't wait to see him at 1230 just to throw a little salt in the wound. I'm looking forward to that. All right, let's get things started here in a second. Snow. Yeah, well, she's going to be able to do that. Snow, I long to clear. This is going to be, a, looks like a first blast of uh, some serious winter weather this week. Wanted to uh, start off dealing with that because we did get some snow yesterday. Uh, if you were up early this morning, you probably saw some snow. Uh, but uh, all the experts are telling us uh, the snow is not done with us yet. Uh, we have had with us on the program before the Emmy Award-winning Bill Snyder, who you hear Tom Skilling frequently speak about. He is Tom's weather producer and nice enough to join us this morning. Bill, good morning to you, my friend. How are you? Good morning, Dean. How are you? And a happy new year to you, my Happy friend. new year to you. I've been enjoying all the pictures that you've been posting. Uh, Bill was on vacation and just back from Jamaica. Uh, just, oh, just to yeah, make us was, feel a little colder. He j- just came back oh, I'm from t- Jamaica. I'll tell you, Dean. <laughs> yeah, this, uh, the, the, you know, of course, this is nothing yet compared to what uh, kind of cold we're going to see in about, uh, oh, a week or 10 days from now. Oh, but, boy. yeah, the, oh, boy. It, certainly, it, certainly, it certainly stings a little bit coming back from uh, 85-degree sunshine and uh, tropical uh, breezes off the uh, Caribbean. Yeah. It was certainly a... Uh, it was a lovely vacation. Yeah, what, I had what a really parts good time. Of, what parts of Jamaica were you in? So I flew into Montego Bay, and then uh, we took a uh, we took a car from there. Uh, a car took us, I should say, to the uh, our resort on the Seven Mile Beach in Negril, which is about uh, an hour and a half drive from uh, Montego oh. Bay Airport. And so we just we spent all our time there, uh, you know, on the resort and. You pretty much can walk to most everything uh, in that area, and if if not, then you know they have cars available to uh, to yeah. take you places. And uh, but it just just gorgeous, you know. It's a, certainly a different way of uh, different way of life down there. But uh, almost made it surreal thinking that my gosh, we're in January here, early January, yeah. and I'm I'm here in my bathing suit on the yeah. beach. Yeah, 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 right, exactly. I was only I mean, from the time I time that i got there to the time before the time that i left right. i i did not you know i took my jeans off and put my shorts on and didn't need my jeans again you never left, never so. looked back yeah until you until you no, got back on no, the on exactly. the plane again i was only in jamaica one time and uh-huh. uh, i was there years ago with my brother and uh we rented a car we drove all over the island uh literally right. yeah, it's not a huge island uh, but we drove yeah. all over we stayed in little small uh villages and towns we met some wonderful people had amazing food. Uh, right. It's a, oh yeah. It's a, it's a great place. A really, 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 really nice good place. food. Yeah, really good food down there. And and you know nothing that uh, that you're you know used to. You can't really get here. 
and uh, you know some good jerk chicken, and the seafood is outstanding. Oh, I mean, it's seafood, fresh, yeah. fresh caught right there. Right. I mean, we were we were on the beach, Dean, and there was they have my friends. You know, they've been going for about oh gosh, six years now, five six years, and they've been bugging me to go. And finally, I uh, got my act together and got my passport updated, which needed to be done, and I did that back in the fall. And you know, at that point, all systems were a go to to, to make the trek with them. Yeah. And uh, but there's a guy that his name is Patrick, and he's a um, he sells lobster mm. on the beach, mm. and he walks up and down the beach, and and literally for fifteen to twenty bucks, he pulls out pulls a lobster out of the shell for you right in front of you. He's got his you know his gloves on and yeah. his little little uh, spray of garlic butter and so forth, oh. and puts it on the plate for you, pulls it out of the shell right fantastic. there, and 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 gives you a fork and a napkin, and you're on your way. So that's literally, fantastic. you're sitting there on the beach, and you got a guy that's serving serving lobster right in front of you. It's, it's pretty cool. Now, yeah, really I, cool. What I remember, people were selling other things on the beach. Oh, yeah. No, they're when, still selling that. Uh, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. That's, we uh, were not that's off the plane. We, we were not off the plane t- at like 20 <laughs> minutes, and people yeah. were offering to sell us the ganji. You know, to, oh, yeah. This oh, was I, back in the sure. day when we were both very hippie-looking. Uh, yeah. Right. So we right. Looked, we looked like prime candidates for it. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's no, talk. Right. Let's talk uh, some uh, Chicago winter weather because oh, yeah. uh, the yeah. next next few days, as you said, the next uh, week or so, uh, we're yeah. we're going to have a stark reminder of what winter means in Chicago again, aren't we? Right. What's right. going to happen? Mean, What's going to happen today? Well, you know what? Today, Dean, I don't think there's going to be too many problems today. We had a little bit of, you know, as, as you had mentioned at the start of the show here, that uh, we had a little coating of snow overnight and this morning in, in spots. Um, today, I just expect us to to, to see some, um, you know, some drizzle and, and, and maybe a few spits of flurries here and there, but uh, no accumulation or, or anything to be concerned about today. Uh, and even temperatures will probably uh, warm up a little bit from where they're at right now in the low 30s. I think we'll get into the mid-30s this afternoon, so I'm not expecting any, any travel issues or any of that so forth today. But uh, when things start to get interesting is, um, you know, later tomorrow night, and, um, you know, we've got it's, – it's a complex system – um, it's going to come in two two distinct waves. So the first one arrives, Dean. It looks like uh, oh, somewhere about midnight or so. You know, maybe an hour or two on either side of that uh, tomorrow night, and it'll it'll go into the t- impact the Tuesday morning rush hour. Um, and that system, th- the first wave of snow, which will be wet and heavy snow, I'm not, you know, I should mention too. So that's going to be, you know, caution is certainly advised as far as removing that type of snow because it's, uh, it's, it's very wet and, and we, we refer to it as heart attack snow because temperatures are going to be hovering right around or even a degree or two above freezing. And that's the, when, when temperatures are that warm and you get, you know, heavy snow to fall, it's always going to be of the uh, wet variety. So that system, Dean, will looks like most of us um, can expect about one to three inches from that first round of snow by Tuesday morning. Um, however, if you're, if you're listening to us, you know, along and south of I-80, so areas like Kankakee, Valparaiso, Rensselaer, Indiana, those areas it looks like could get as much as two to five inches. Oh wow! And uh, so that's that. You know, again, that's going to. Uh, I don't see any impacts tomorrow morning's rush hour will be fine. Tomorrow evening's rush hour will be fine. But uh, this will certainly have uh, an impact on Tuesday morning's rush hour, especially on those you know secondary and untreated roadways right. um, that you, know, you could run into some slick spots. 
Then I think we'll have a brief lull in the precipitation. So probably Tuesday morning, even till about through about lunchtime when that first wave passes through, we'll have a break. But then um, we'll see the next round come in, and that looks like it's going to impact, certainly have an impact on the Tuesday afternoon and evening rush hour and, and could spill over even into Wednesday morning. Now, the difference between the first wave and the second wave is that the secondary one looks like it's going to have the biggest impacts to our northwest. Uh, so if you're listening to us from Rockford, Dixon, DeKalb, Huntley, um, those areas certainly look primed right now to see four inches or more of snow from that secondary wave. Elsewhere, it's going to be the, the, the forecast is quite tricky, Dean, because it looks like there's going to be a sharp cutoff in snow amounts with, with that main wave as it comes in. And, you know, as we always say, you know, people like to post snow maps on social media days ahead of time. You know, our, our technology's gotten so good, but the fact of the matter is is that there's just no skill at precisely predicting the, the exact amount of snow in your neighborhood five or six days out, which is why what we try to do in the weather profession here is we try to just, you know, the approach is to just flag the system down and say, hey, look, this is a system that we're watching. It's going to impact the area, but, you know, at this point in time, let's just, let's just, you know, keep give an a eye heads on. up. Just keep an eye. Right, on. exactly. Right. And, yep. and, and, and if you're traveling that day, you want to pay close attention to the forecast, and it's certainly something that would be refined in, in, in the coming days. So, you know, the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, any slight alteration in the track of the low pressure system, and that's, you know, typically what we, what we look for in, in uh, forecasting winter storms, but, you know, a, tr- a, a change in the track, Dean, even 30 to 50 miles, can have a huge impact on just where that narrow band of heavy snow lays out. So the way it looks right now, and again, this, you know, again, this is subject to change, but the way it looks right now with that main, main wave of snow that, <clears throat> excuse me, that's going to come in Tuesday, um, you know, Tuesday afternoon into Wednesday morning, um, you know, the far west and northwest suburbs look to be most favored. So, you know, even, even as close by as Elgin and Aurora, um, you know, could be in for it. Now, areas close to the city, it's going to be a close call. I mean, there will still probably be some snow. Um, however, I don't think that the heaviest snow band is going to fall, like right over the heart of Chicago okay. or even, even, even affect, affect our, our two major airports. Right. Um, but, but, you know, it's interesting. Yeah, we're, we're certainly going to watch that. And, and that's not the only storm we're going to see this week, Dean. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? When, that's what we wanted to hear. I don't, when you know, does as the, a matter of fact, with, when, do, when does the second punch come in? So the second storm looks to arrive later Friday into Saturday, and that system, you know, you know where the two, the two distinct differences between these uh, systems, Dean, is that the first one, we're teetering right on the fence as far as the, where the rain snow line is going to lay out, and even where it's going to snow, temperatures are going to be hovering around or even, you know, even a couple of degrees above freezing, and that is always tricky when forecasting snow because if your temperature is above freezing and it doesn't snow heavy enough, um, you get some melting and compacting of the snow as it falls, and uh, you know you don't have as much accumulation as you would otherwise if the if the temperatures were colder, you know, more dense atmosphere for the snowfall, the produ- uh, production to, to occur. Now, the second system that arrives Friday Saturday, that is going to fall in a far colder environment, and uh, there is little doubt that the precipitation form will be snow, and uh, it's going to fall, you know, occur with some wind. And um, as that system pulls pulls through here, it's going to drag down the coldest air of the season uh, by 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 far. And uh, that's going to come in this you know next weekend, and it'll spill over into the week that follows. And you know oh we boy. could be you know 
some days, the you know, during this stretch of days here, we could be talking uh, high temperatures and single digits and oh, wow. win, uh, nighttime lows that dip below zero, which we, we haven't seen that yet. You know, we've been so fortunate uh, this winter. You know, we like to refer to winter, you know, climatologically in the weather profession as one that starts in December 1st and runs through the end of February. And, you know, up until just a day or two ago, you know, we've had 18 consecutive days with temperatures yeah. above normal. We've, we've had the third warmest start to a winter in the past 153 years. We had, you know, we, we marveled at just how extraordinarily warm December was. And, uh, and even, you know, even the lack of snow. I mean, it's what, you know, it's interesting, Dean, you were mentioning about our snow yesterday. <clears throat> I looked, we had 2.6 inches of snow officially at O'Hare uh, yesterday. Do you know that that was the biggest calendar day snow here in almost a year? Wow. Since back on January, January the 25th yeah. last year, we had 3.6 inches. So well, I'm it's not, been I, a while. I, I haven't been complaining about it. I, I no, I know. I haven't I, minded I, it at all. Me. Let me. No, let, I let haven't me, either. I'm sure. I'm sure our uh, our snowplow uh, drivers out right, there probably would, right. would beg to differ with us right, on that one. But exactly. I, I completely agree with you, <laughs> Kevin. Did you have a question uh, for uh, for Bill? My question was answered miserably, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, I uh, yeah, I wanted Bill to know about thorough. Fridays. Bill, if Bill is nothing else, he's thorough. I will say that much. I, I just wanted to know about Friday because. I think we were all talking about this Monday thing and more snow, and we haven't right. really had any. And now I'm like, what the heck? There's something coming in Friday, but too yeah. early to forecast totals for that one. That was pretty much all yeah, I had. Yeah, you know, you know, Kevin, I hesitate. We hesitate to do that just because, you know, there, there's certainly... Uh, too much can it, change it, between every, now and then, right? right. Yeah, well, certainly. sure. And, and again, like I said, you know, the precise track of the low-pressure system, you know, at this distance, you know, it, it, at this point, what we say is it's lines on a weather map, okay? You know, we've, our modeling has gotten so good, but um, even at this distance, you know, this close-in distance, you know, you, you change the track, and, and there's been fluctuations, known to be fluctuations in the storm track, especially at this distance, hmm. and 50 to 100 miles in that track. Can, can really make a difference in where the heaviest snow lays out. So, Kevin, you can't. Um, you know, you again, can't, that's another system to watch. You yeah. know, we, we'll, we'll, let's get through the first one that comes in uh, tomorrow night through uh, through Tuesday night into Wednesday, and Kevin, we'll we'll tr- try and catch our breath and get ready for the next one. You can't tell that he's uh, Skilling's uh, producer at all, or you know, assistant and protege, right? He is phenomenal with all the details. Bill, you are the greatest. The only thing I want to know: what do you use for dibs, Bill? <laughs> Oh, for dibs? You know what? I don't. I, I Kevin, I live in the suburbs, so I don't need any. Dibs. Oh, well, yeah, lucky man. <laughs> so no, 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 no dibs. I know, but I, I always marvel at uh, at just the different types of things that people use. One, uh, of, my, uh, one of my favorite things party. every year is uh, the creativity. It, it is, I think. Yeah, the creativity yeah, that people that. have of uh, you know putting stuff out in the street to save their parking spaces. Uh, I got right, right, I got exactly. to get a couple of messages in here, and then uh, Kevin will have a news update for us. Bill, we really appreciate the uh, very very thorough weather uh, update. Thank you, my friend. Welcome back. Hey, always. Dean, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, my friend. I'm gonna, everybody stay stay warm this week. I'm going to have a tropical drink, thinking of you while I watch the Golden Globes <laughs> later on today. Hey, there you go. That sounds like a good plan, my friend. All right, buddy. Thank you. That's Bill Snyder, uh, the Emmy Award-winning weather producer for Tom Skilling over at Channel 9. Now, uh, a lot of people on the text line are calling Bill Snyder Bill the Weather Guy. That's a good name for him. Love it. Like, a, you know, because he's, he's on, uh, I hear him every once in a while doing the weather on uh, WGN Radio. Uh, he's Tom Skilling's producer. He is so knowledgeable 
uh, and so great. You can hear full of enthusiasm. So thank you, Bill, the weather guy, for uh, helping us out uh, here today. Now, uh, are you guys familiar with the far-flung forecast? I am. Yeah, I've heard Schwani do it a bunch uh, of times. But I'm glad I'm not doing it because I wouldn't be able to live up to that. So I'm. It's a lot of pressure. He, it's extravagant. It's a lot. The first thing he said this morning, Kevin said, Dean, was that he's really worried about stepping into Schwani's shoes here and happy that he's not. I'm not kidding you. 7 a.m. It's impossible to fill those shoes. It is. It's, Schwani's getting fan mail. It's I mean, daunting. it's showing up at the doorstep here. It's Cards, daunting. written notes. Members of the Dave Schwan fan club were outside the, the door of the building when, when I came in this morning. <laughs> it's like Swifties. They're, they're Schwan. What, what would you call them? Schwani's Schwani uh, filling in for him. Uh, so anyway, I thought, uh, you know, for in Chwani's absence today that I would occasionally I like to do the far flung forecast and uh, it goes a little something like this where we start off by saying now it's time for the blah, 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 far flung forecast, the interesting compendium of facts and figures presented to us each week by Dave Schwan, who didn't care enough to be here uh, on the actual show itself today. Wow. So we are all filling in. And uh, today, oh, get out your uh, compasses and protractors. He says that every week, too. And for the life of me, I don't understand what that means, but uh, I like that he does it every week. I like the consistency. So get out your compasses and protractors. We're going to Arlington, Virginia today where we acknowledge the birthday of a popular journalist. Uh, This journalist was born in uh, 1957. I'll give you a little description of who this person is, see if you can see at what point you can figure out who this person is. Uh, She is the daughter of a writer and journalist. She pursued a career in broadcasting after graduating from University of Virginia with a degree in American Studies. Early in her career, she was a desk assistant at ABC News in Washington, and then went to the Cable News Network uh, and worked in its Washington bureau. In the early 1980s, she moved to CNN's Atlanta office, where she held a number of positions. Uh, But after CNN failed to offer her a full-time job, she accepted a reporting job in Miami, but eventually wound up working for an NBC station in back in Washington, D.C., where she began filling in as a weekend anchor on the NBC Nightly News. In 1990, she started appearing on the Today Show. Uh, and then in 91, after uh, co-anchor Deborah Norville decided not to return to the Today Show after she had a baby, the person that we're talking about here today was named her replacement covered some of the biggest stories of the day she then moved to cbs where she became the solo anchor of the evening news there the first time a woman had ever been the solo anchor for a newscast do you know who it is yet hmm. I, think I think i heard Car- Je- did jess just shout yeah, jess, did. jess might have the answer what, what did you say she, jess she said katie kirk Katie Couric would be correct, Jess. Who she loves. Jess wins. Yeah. We all love. Yeah. Who doesn't love Katie Couric? She's delightful. That's an amazing career path. Right? Right? Exactly. Not to mention, uh, she's done amazing work in the cancer field. 
uh, putting her own colonoscopy on the air, which uh, I, I tried to do once. When I went for colonoscopy and they were showing me the cameras and everything, I said, could I get a videotape of this? And uh, they just gave me more gas and put me to sleep. Mm. <laughs> That's what they were doing outside think, the Tribune I windows. I think that would have been really fun to watch. Uh, I would have liked to have seen that. It is Katie Couric, who was born 67 years ago today in Arlington, Virginia, where it is cloudy and 37 degrees. Well, 943, and this is Dean Richards' Sunday morning on WGN in this segment. Uh, for many, many years, we've uh, talked health and the latest health news, tried to arm you with some good information to keep yourself uh, good and healthy. And continuing that uh, tradition today is Dr. Emily Tuckman, who is uh, a doctor of internal medicine, Northwestern's Glenview Outpatient Center. Dr. Tuckman, thank you so much for joining us. How are you this morning? I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me. Very nice to have you here with us. Now, uh, Dr. Tuckman deals with uh, healthy eating and all the things that so many people are concerned with uh, in January, uh, You know, because we overindulge around the holidays and we're determined we're going to get back in shape and eat better and exercise and uh, all the things that uh, sometimes sometimes fall off by uh, the, the start of February. Uh, before we get into all of that, though, and I, I do want to dig into that, w- one thing uh, was of some concern I wanted to address. Uh, I was reading uh, stories this week about how the uh, COVID risk level is has been going up, uh, and uh, there is an increase in hospitalizations, and that the spread of the virus is uh, going up. What can you tell us about all of this? And, uh, you know, what should be what should we be doing? What kind of precautions? I know so many people who have, uh, if, if not COVID, are, are coming down with uh, respiratory uh, viruses, you know, all kinds of things. People are getting sick lately. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you brought this up because, you know, Chicago had been sitting in the low risk level category for basically the past year. And we unfortunately just crossed the threshold into the medium risk category. And I think, you know, for a lot of reasons, is the season. You know, viruses love this weather. We're coming out of the holiday season with lots of traveling, large gatherings. And a lot of people have vaccine fatigue and haven't gotten the COVID booster this fall. And then a lot of people also have mask fatigue and aren't masking up when they should. So it's kind of a perfect storm. Um, so, you know, what does this tell us and what do I tell my patients? I think it really tells us that although 2023 really was a much more calm year for COVID compared to 21 and 22, COVID is still very much a serious threat. And it's really important to still get these COVID boosters as they come out. We don't want to end up back where we were. Right. Um, and then I, I still encourage people to mask in crowded areas, especially my immunocompromised elderly and, and chronically ill patients. Yeah, you said that the the weather uh, likes all of this. Uh, does it thrive more in in cold weather or you know certain climatological uh, kind of conditions? Yep, viruses love the cold weather, so that's why they kind of resurface every uh, fall and winter. Okay, yeah. all right. So, um, d- does the um, 
uh, the you know going in and out of the cold into heated areas, often drier areas. Does, does that contribute to it also? As humans go in and out of colder, yeah, cold and warm areas, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, absolutely. As people you know go outside in the cold weather, they're more exposed to viruses. But then again. When it's cold outside, people tend to huddle up inside, and so who knows which is worse, being in a crowded indoor area or being outside where these viruses are kind of thriving. So really the importance of masking because it's very hard to avoid. Yeah, and common sense. Common sense because in addition to COVID, right, there are all kinds of uh, respiratory uh, issues right now. You know, just a good old-fashioned cold. You know, some people are... Saying, I, yeah, I just have a, I just have a good old fashioned cold. It's not COVID. I tested negative, but I, I have a good old fashioned cold. Well, nobody wants a good old fashioned cold either, right? <laughs> yeah, there's so much going around right now, and I, I, I can't tell you how many messages I get every single day from patients saying, I think I have a cold. Or the COVID, uh, COVID is not the only thing. I mean, we're seeing a lot of flu. We're seeing an uptick in RSV. And then just like you said, the common cold or rhinovirus or human metanumovirus. There are so many viruses just yeah. kind of like circling around us right now. So yeah, Nobody wants yeah. any of that. So if you, if you start to feel some symptoms, if you get sniffly, if you get a sore throat, if you uh, begin uh, coughing, I mean, what's, what's the best thing to do? Do, you know, flu, uh, I, I'll, I'll go by what, uh, you know, my parents used to do. Plenty of fluids, rest. Well, in my dad's case, uh, you know, liberally applying the Vicks Vapor Rub, you know, like it was going out of style. <laughs> Is that even effective, the Vicks Vapor Rub? My dad swore like it was a cure for everything. If you got a hangnail, he put Vicks Vapor Rub on your chest. I mean, there's a placebo works, right? <laughs> no, I think. Uh, I don't know. I don't think it'll cure the virus, but hey, it can help your symptoms. But no, the the thing to do so. I'm glad you brought this up because I get so many messages, patients saying, you know, they feel stuffy nose. They feel like they have, you know, you know, under the weather. Can I have an antibiotic? Mm. You know, 90%, over 90% of what's going around right now is, is all these viruses that we mentioned. And antibiotics only attack bacteria. So I don't want to prescribe my patients antibiotics because, you know, it goes against antibiotic stewardship and can lead to antimicrobial resistance. It really is, unfortunately, just waiting it out. I mean, for, for COVID, there's this Paxlovid, and for flu, there's Tamiflu. But otherwise, for these common cold viruses, it's just a matter of time and supportive measures like over-the-counter, you know, Mucinex and Tylenol and things like that. There's yeah. no there's no antiviral for a lot of these viruses. Yeah, I, I, I nagged my doctor like crazy. I finally have stopped doing it, but... Back in the day, I used to nag him about uh, getting the antibiotics so I could, you know, quickly get over whatever it was. And he just sat me down one day and explained, just as you have just done, that the antibiotics are only for bacteria. It's not. It's yep. not. It's not for viral. So if you don't have something that's bacterial in nature, the uh, antibiotics only lower your resistance to when you really need it later on. And boy, that really rung a bell for me. And so I've I've, uh, I've stopped nagging him uh, about it. And if if I should get something, knock on wood, I haven't for a long time because I try to be super careful. Uh, I just lay low for a little while. I just you know get in bed and drink drink fluids. And uh, my my doc also told me to gargle with salt water. Is there anything to that? 
Yeah, I mean, salt can help to kill, um, you know, viruses and bacteria. So I, I, I think there there is something to that. I don't know how much data there is behind it, but it yeah. certainly can't hurt and could potentially help. Yeah. All right. Well, so everybody be careful is uh, the bottom line, because mm-hmm. uh, numbers are definitely uh, going up right now. Uh, gyms are packed right now. Health clubs are packed right now with people, you know, trying to make amends for their overindulgence uh, during the holidays. Uh, people are trying to eat a little better, a little more healthfully. Uh, what kinds of uh, realistic uh, issues are we looking at with, the, you know, this post-holiday uh, uh, I- indulgence? Uh, is, is it, uh, you know, something which is a great threat to people's health? Yeah, I kind of have mixed feelings on New Year's resolution goals. You know, I commend any efforts that people make to, you know, embrace a healthier lifestyle. The only types of New Year's resolutions that I that I caution folks against are really extreme goals, like, you know, completely cutting out carbs or going to the gym seven days a week when they previously never worked out because such drastic lifestyle changes are often not sustainable long-term. And I see so often these cases that people swing the pendulum the other way. You know, they follow really restrictive diets, for example, for a month or so. And then because they've been restricting themselves so much, there's this rebound effect where then they eat really unhealthy and eat too much and they gain the weight back. The real goal is to create a diet and exercise routine that's both healthy sustainable and and realistic long-term long-term uh and uh what would that include Uh, just moderation in eating or eliminating uh, certain kinds of foods for the long term yeah so i and i would say the vast majority of healthcare providers really endorse the mediterranean diet which is not so much a diet as it is a lifestyle. It's it's not restrictive, which most diets are. So the Mediterranean diet centers around eating mainly vegetables, fruits, fish, whole grains, beans, eggs, nuts, and, and only eating small amounts of things like processed foods, red meat, sugary drinks. Um, some of the main sources of fat in the Mediterranean diet are olive oil and nuts, which are unsaturated fat, which actually um, helps to lower the LDL, which is the bad cholesterol. Um, So, you know, for breakfast, things like Greek yogurt with berries or oatmeal with berries or an omelet with vegetables. And then, you know, lunch and dinner, things like whole grain sandwiches with veggies or salad with grilled chicken, quinoa, chickpeas, um, you know, things like that. I uh, was told about an app that uh, I, I it, uh, on and off when I pay attention to it, I've had really good success called My Fitness Pal that uh, basically uh, counts calories and tells you, uh, you know, you put in what it is that you're eating and it tells you how many carbs you've uh, taken in, how many calories you've taken in, sodium. I mean, it, it really lays it out so you can kind of see where you are in the day of what you've eaten and, you know, how much you have left uh, as the the day goes on. Do you like uh, apps like that, uh, programs like that? Yeah, I, I, I do. 
I think those can be really, really helpful because people don't know, you know, they, they, they plug in the food or like a yogurt, for example, that they've been eating every single morning and then they have to plug in the ingredients and wow, they don't realize that the sugar content of that yogurt is 30% of the sugar content they should have in their entire day right there. Um, so I do think it's helpful for, you know, just educating patients. Calorie counting is, um, well, it can be difficult. It can be time-consuming. Like, I'm not going to tell a single mom with a full-time job and three mm. kids to start calorie counting. That's right. just really not attainable for many people. I get it. And then the other the other thing I caution against is people can get really, really kind of obsessive with it and counting and measuring food and getting down to every every little tiny calorie. And that can be a bit extreme. So in moderation, yes, and I do think it can be really helpful to provide patients with information about things they're eating that they didn't know. What's your opinion about some of these uh, popular weight loss medicines that people are uh, clamoring for now that, I guess, were, were, were diabetes uh, medicines to bring the A1Cs down, uh, but are have been effective for some people on losing weight, the Ozempics, the Monjeros, I mean, there are others. Uh, do you think that that is uh, a good solution for some weight loss? Yeah, I do a lot of weight management, and I, pres- I prescribe these meds pretty frequently. They are very, very effective, um, but I kind of have, you know, a very specific way that I do it. You know, when I put patients on these meds, non-diabetics, you know, patients who are just solely wanting these meds for weight loss. When I put these patients on these meds, I do um, either in-person or video visits every single month to check in not only on how the medication is going, but um, making sure that they're not just relying on the medication for weight loss, that they're also putting in the work themselves. So healthy eating, exercise, things like that. I think there, um, there is a lot of utility for these medications. You know, I, have a pa- I had a patient who was in her early 40s and 300 pounds and couldn't get the weight off and was going to go have to get, you know, bilateral knee replacements because of all the weight on her knee joints. And we got her on these meds and she canceled her surgeries because she lost, you know, 75 pounds in the course of a year and a half. And we got her off of her blood pressure medication and her cholesterol is so much better. And, you know, there are people who really, really struggle to lose weight. And for those folks, this medication these medications can be very, very effective for their overall health. Yeah, check with your own uh, physicians uh, about these uh, to make sure that, you know, if you are a candidate for it. Some really great information today, uh, doctor. Thank you so much for joining us. Dr. Emily Tuckman is a doctor of internal medicine with Northwestern's Glenview Outpatient Center. Pleasure to talk to you. I hope we can do it again. Thank you so much. Thanks so much. Have a good one. You too. And we'll check news coming up next. Nice to have uh, Kevin filling in for Shwani uh, today and uh, Mark Carmen filling in for uh, Andy on the show today. What is the uh, what's what's the latest with uh, uh, Bedsy? Producer Jack told me I should call him Bedsy if I wanted to sound like I'm in the know. <laughs> That's a big move by producer Jack. Connor <laughs> Connor Bedard, the 18-year-old, uh, you know, what whiz kid with the Blackhawks, yeah, I, who, uh, has now suffered a broken jaw. Is that right? Yeah, I, I watched the replay about 1,700 times now, Dean, and I guess you got to say what Brendan Smith did is certainly within the bounds of legal hockey play, but I also 
think that there's a reason why the Blackhawks immediately jumped in and, and, and a little bit of a brawl ensued. But uh, four to six weeks, which takes you right up to the All-Star game, and uh, just a huge, huge blow. But, you know, you're always, I guess, the way I look at it, it's like, well, he didn't tear up his knee. It's not. This is something that's going to heal. So, right. you know, a little bump in the road here. So he may or may not be in the All-Star game. We don't know yet. Exactly. Too early to tell. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see who they would put in the All-Star game because every team has to send a representative. Yeah. Half the team, more than half the team right now on IR, so I don't know. I like that I know his nickname now. That, that is big. Bedsy. Bedsy. Most mature <laughs> human being of all time. You're 18. He you is? Sound like you're, yes, he sounds like he's 60. I mean, I, I don't know. He's like been in the league for like 10 wise, years. Wise beyond his ears. Yes, I don't. I, it's, it's, it's pretty unfathomable what, everything that's going on with him. Okay, Carmsy. You got it, Deansy. Wellsy. My baseball coaches used to call me Wellsy. Wellsy? I like it. Yeah. Bring it back. That's all I have, uh, for that. all I have sportsy nicknames today. It's, it's such a hockey player thing, just to add a Y to the name. Yeah. But Producer ja- Jaxie. Ja- <laughs> Heine. Heine, did you say? <laughs> That's, okay. there, there it I is. I knew we were going to go one too far. <laughs> Actor David Soul. Who uh, passed away this past, uh, I think it was actually Tuesday. They didn't announce it until Thursday. Carm, do you have any idea? Normally on the show I can uh, depend on, uh, you know, the old fogey Shawnee to remember uh, stuff like this, along with me. Because I, I do. But you may be too young to know who David Soul is, do you know? It's not in my... Repertoire, Not in your wheelhouse. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, I'm guessing I may be a solo on the show. <laughs> no, this one. Uh, David, do you know the TV show Starsky and Hutch? I know of the TV show Starsky and Hutch, but that wasn't in the Rolodex either. Yeah, that would be before your time. Understandable, because the the show ran from uh, I think it was 1976 to like 79 or 80 something. It was one of the top cop shows. Uh, that was on back then. Uh, they were uh, Starsky and Hutch. David Soul played Hutch. Okay. Uh, and uh, Paul Michael Glazer was Starsky, and they were two young, hip cops. You know, smart aleck, sarcastic. Uh, they drove, I'm not sure what kind of car it was, but it was the coolest muscle car ever. And they, you know, they drive around, uh, you know, going crazy in, in their uh, car. And I remember a character on the show named Huggy Bear, who was this kind of uh, jive, pimpy uh, kind of character. Who was He was an informant and would tell them uh, stuff that was going on. It was a great show. I really, I, I loved the show. Uh, and lots of people have memories of David Soul as Hutch. But that song that I just played uh, was a number one a song. While this show was number one, on the TV charts, he parlayed it into a, a number one hit song as well. Well, back back in those days, Dean, I was going Dukes of Hazard, Good Times, maybe the Jeffersons, One Day at a Time. Fine repertoire of television <laughs> explains to us why you are the way you are today. <laughs> there's, there's, I, there's something in there. I think if we look back at the shows that we liked as kids, we can learn a lot about ourselves of uh, why we are the way we are. Uh, I wasn't too far off with uh, those shows, <laughs> the ones that you were watching. Uh, I was a big Miami Vice fan. There you go. 
for cop for cop shows now strictly cop shows yeah uh i loved miami vice i foolishly tried to dress like they did uh i am praying that there are no pictures uh anywhere of me with a white suit on with you know the 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 sleeves pushed up uh like like uh like they did uh, what other uh, cop shows? Kevin, how about for you? Favorite? Uh, Hill Street Blues? Hill Street Blues was a favorite. Yeah. Favorite cop shows? Yeah, well, I mean, we're talking. Do, do you remember Starsky and Hutch or also before your time? It's before my time. Yeah. I do not know. Yeah, that's okay. I, I, if, we're, if we're talking in terms Never of cop thought shows. I would miss Schwanny's uh, living in I'm the past. So, yeah. Man, I wish I. We knew this what, was going to go south. On the bright side, we haven't mentioned the Andy Griffith show once on the show today, so. That's a plus. See, now I watched that growing up. Did we could talk really? about that. Really? Yeah. I, not a ton, but not it was like on Shwani occasionally. Could, yeah. Not like Schwanny could talk about it. <laughs> you know that was his gift for the Secret Santa in the newsroom? I say he wore, he wore the shirt last week, Mayberry Police <laughs> shirt. He wore it last week. I'm sure he's going to wear it every week from now on. Uh, so, But anyway, what were your, you know what else I liked? Um, uh, NYPD Blue. I loved, I loved that show. Uh, a detective Sipowitz was that his name? Dennis the Dennis uh, was it Dennis Franz or am I thinking of somebody else now? I can't remember. I think it is Dennis Franz, but I'm not entirely certain. Yeah, I like those. Anyway, I keep interrupting you, uh, Kevin. Oh, I mean, I don't know. I'm not a huge TV uh, show person. I, I get. I'm kind of addicted to just sports. It's kind of a bad. <laughs> habit. I don't know. That's kind of all I watch on TV. Uh, if I'm talking cop shows, I love. I mean, it's very new. Brooklyn Nine Nine. I watch that all the time. Excellent show. Have you guys ever seen um, Live PD, like the channel that just carries or I don't like it, real police encounters? You mean? Yeah, we used to watch that in college all the time on Sunday mornings before Fox NFL kickoff. I mean, just you. We'd wake up just everybody feeling a little groggy that morning, a little bit of a headache, and. We'd all pull up and just sit on the couches upstairs and watch live PD. That was that was pretty fun. And it was it, was it like that? Uh, what was that show? Uh, bad boys, bad boys. Where they, you know, it was allegedly like reality TV. That's what it Cops seemed was like. amazing. Yeah, is that what that was? Yeah, Cops. Yeah. Is that what it was called? Yeah, I used yeah. to. I did used to love it because it made me feel superior to somebody. People are texting me, Dean Mod Squad, Mod Squad, Mod Squad. Mod Squad. Awesome. Any recollection for either of you of those? No. <laughs> Nothing here. I'm currently that looking like up the, Miami Vice outfits. That was uh, that was like the first hip t- cop show where it was cops who were, you know, back then those guys were not hippies exactly, but they were like counterculture uh, cops. <laughs> there it is. Like that. The Wire, the Wire was fantastic. So some good I, stuff. I have never watched The Wire and I've been told to go through it now in in oh, and I yeah. haven't done it. Yeah. I've seen The Wire. Duh, I forgot all about The Wire. I loved The Wire. Yeah, the Wire, yeah, the wire is fantastic. Some good ones. Some good ones. Columbo. Oh, there he is. Columbo. I feel really weird when I throw on a Columbo every now and then. They're making their way through Tubi. <laughs> I'm like, and I'm sitting there by myself watching Columbo in 2023. It's like, isn't there any better choice you could be making right now with your Carm, life? But I'm in Carm, there. Carm, that is an awesome show. <laughs> That's an awesome show. The great Peter Falk. It was amazing. Uh, I, I, just one more thing. I just remembered one more thing I want to ask you that'll put you in jail for the rest of your life. Um, <laughs> I could go down this rabbit hole of... Um, 
some of the uh, Barnaby Jones. I mean, I could really go back into some of those uh, 70s uh, cop shows that were... Does Night Court count? I love a Night Court. You know this new... Have you seen this new Night Court that's on now? I've seen the ads for it. I'm like, what, is, what are you... You're, you're recreating Night Court, huh? All yeah. Right. Yeah, same. I've only seen the ads for it. The the uh, woman who was on Big Bang Theory is the judge now. I forget her r- r- real name. Uh, but the guy, uh, John Larroquette, who was on the original Night Court, he's back on the new one. And Marsha Warfield, who was one of the bailiffs, she's back on. They yeah. don't look like they've aged either. Mm. Okay, maybe a little, but not 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 terrible. I'm going to say Mark needs to get over to Pearl Vision. <laughs> get his, needs to get their prescription checked. Let's talk uh, some movies here. The big Golden Globe Awards are tonight. First big awards ceremony of the season. Now, as always, I uh, emphasize to you, I watch the award shows so you don't have to. Uh, although it could be kind of entertaining tonight, our pal Joe Coy is the uh, host of the show, and he's not one of these attacky, you know, kind of hosts. Uh, I don't expect him to be doing a lot of the stuff that uh, Ricky Gervais has done, or Amy Poehler, or uh, Tina Fey, or some of the other hosts where they attack all the A-listers. Uh, I think it's going to be a, a kind of a different tone with him as the host of the show, so We'll look forward to that. Uh, as far as the actual nominees tonight, it's going to be uh, kind of interesting to see what winds up uh, winning. Uh, the nominees for Best Motion Picture Drama uh, are Oppenheimer, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, which was my favorite movie of the year last year, Past Lives, The Zone of Interest, and Anatomy of the Fall. I don't think that Maestro is going to wind up winning. Uh, I'm I'm hearing a lot of uh, polarizing response to that, even though I think it's absolutely beautiful. Uh, I don't think it's a big Hollywood favorite. What I do think are the two movies that are going to rise to the top here are Oppenheimer and Killers of the Flower Moon. That's the Martin Scorsese movie with Leonardo DiCaprio and Lily Gladstone and Robert De Niro. Uh, Oppenheimer, of course, is the Christopher Nolan movie that stars uh, Killian Murphy. Uh, both of them are fantastic movies, uh, also uh, great movies. If I'm going to make a prediction, I'm going to say Killers of the Flower Moon, so we'll see what winds up winning there. Um, for Best Picture Musical or Comedy, the nominees are Barbie, Poor Things, American Fiction, The Holdovers, May, December, or The Very Outstanding Air. That's the Michael Jordan movie that came out last spring. Um, I think it's going to be between Barbie and Poor Things. Barbie is the most successful movie of 2023. took in more money than any other movie. And Poor Things is uh, this uh, incredibly eclectic, irreverent, uh, often grotesque uh, film that stars Emma Stone, that uh, is a, a little bit surreal. It, it, I, I will say, if they choose only on creativity, Poor Things is going to win. Because it is something like you have never seen before, for better or for worse. But I think the battle there is going to be between Poor Things and Barbie. So, you know, we'll see how it all shakes out. Anyway, I'm going to recap it all uh, tomorrow morning 
on uh, WGN-TV Morning News. I'll recap it here on radio with uh, Bob Surratt, my regular segment between uh, 8 and 8.30. The other morning on uh, our TV Morning News, Robin Baumgarten, Larry Potash, and I talked with our old pal Joe Coy, getting ready to host the Golden Globes. What's up, Dean? I haven't seen you in so long. It's been, uh, well, since you were at the United Center when the you United blew Center. us all away <laughs> and surprising us with Tiffany Haddish. And, Tiffany Haddish walked out. Yeah, crazy, crazy night. But is it any crazier for you than it is right now, Joe? Because normally when somebody hosts a big award show, they have months to plan you just found out about this a couple of weeks ago, right? Less than, about eight days ago. So everyone else gets, uh, you know, six months to write a, uh, you know, write some sketches and some, and a monologue. I got, I got about eight days and I've been, it's been a crash course ever since. Huh. Why, why didn't, why do they have such trouble finding somebody who wants to do this? Is it the crowd, not a friendly crowd? No, no, it's not that. I think what happened is, you know, what, you know, they switched. They didn't know where they were going to be. Uh, you know, they just found out that they were going to be at, you know, on CBS. So there was a lot of things that came into play and, you know, the, the opportunity came up and, and I, and I grabbed it. So how do you have to change what you normally do? I know you normally talk about your, your mom and your family. I mean, are you, is this where you have to sit there and like, oh, now I have to tell a Brad Pitt joke or, I mean, how does that work? Right. It is, it is different. You know what I mean? But I mean, it's still you know, if you watch me live, it's, you know, I, I get to do the, the crowd work. I still get to go in on the audience and, you know, I still get to bring my flavor to the show. So, yeah, we are writing those jokes, but <laughs> I still get to be me. And that's what that's going to be fun. Are that's you gonna, awesome. Are you going to have your mom and your son somewhere on the show? They, they have to be <laughs> part of it all, right? No, my son is. My son is definitely walking with me. He's going to be right next to me. And, I, and rightfully so. You know, I, I've missed a lot of things when he was growing up. But uh, he saw his dad chase his dream, and now he gets to share this moment with me. Yeah, yeah. that's a, it's, yeah. it's so crazy. Uh, I had read an interview that you did with Variety where you said it's important for you to do this also because of Asian representation. <clears throat> People watching the show, seeing somebody who looks like them hosting a major award show. Yeah, it's when you see it, when you're a kid... And you're a fan of TV and movie. It's like what inspires you, right? It's like seeing somebody that looks like you doing what you what, what you dream to do. So I remember when I was a kid and enjoying watching every single award show with my family. But, you know, the host or whoever was, was hosting was, you know, didn't look like us. But you, I was still inspired because I want to be a comic. But I understand what that feels like to be able to see somebody and go, I, I, I could be that person because he did it, so or she did it, you so that, know. So, yeah, yeah I, I know that, that, that that's what this means. These award shows tend to be long. So, at what part of the evening will you be thanking us for your success? <laughs> 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 I guess I'll tug my ear for you guys. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I'll take it. Yeah. God. <laughs> this is so exciting, though. For I mean, sure. this is. I mean, hosting a, having your own sitcom, hosting a, a an movie. award show. These are the big things you dream yeah. of as a comic, Had right? Had his own movie, yeah. everything. I mean, talk about your dreams come true. It's amazing for you. Oh, it's 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 nuts. I mean, my movie produced by you know Steven Spielberg himself. Like right. you know what I mean? That's a dream, and I've yet to meet the guy. You know, I only know him through emails, like emailing <laughs> back and forth with him. So, but you know what? Now I get to, uh, I finally get to go up to him and shake his hand and take a picture. So 
I get to be in the room with them, and that's that's pretty cool. So the the Golden Globes have notoriously been a, a pretty biting night. Uh, Ricky Gervais or Tina Fey or Amy Poehler, you know, going after the people who are sitting right in the front. Uh, are, are you going to do something? I, I can't imagine you doing something like that. <laughs> you know, I, I just don't see you copying anybody. No, it's you know, it's it's fun though. That you know, it, it's all in good fun, and everyone did a great job at, at their position, but. You know, this is my my chance to do what I like to do, and uh, and yes, there are going to be opportunities where I do go in and and poke a little fun. So, and I've always I liked feel the it. room, and I got to trust my gut. It's yeah. a boozy night, isn't it? Isn't this, this the, where they're all that's drinking? That's the one where too? everyone gets drunk. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> all right, it's so good. And to it's talk live, Dean. Dean, don't forget, it's live, which is even crazier. Fifty-two it, countries, and it's live. Wow. Yo, talk about pressure. No, it'll be fine. fine. I can't wait for the big Joe Coy musical number to start (laughs) the show. That's done. (laughs) Well, you know, hey, Dean, you remember I produced uh, uh, Here Lies Love on Broadway, so that was kind of cool. I I, kind of stepped my foot in it, so I want to just keep going and just... You know, the sky's the limit, so yeah, I'm just going to keep I'm, going. I'm so happy for you. Yeah. So well-deserved. Uh, the Golden Globes are Sunday night on CBS and also on Paramount+. Plus. Yeah, we're going to be uh, covering it for you. I'll watch every single minute and report all the highlights to you on Bob Show tomorrow morning between 8 and 8.30, and then all morning long on the WGN-TV Morning News. And 37 is your time. Richard Sunday morning on WGN and our week in theater segment. Today we pay tribute to a stage legend, Linus John. Also wanted to mention some of the shows that are still going on and a lot of the holiday shows that open during the holidays. I guess I should phrase it that way. Uh, continue their run while uh, the kids are still out of school. Almost all everybody's back in school starting tomorrow. But uh, shows like Hamilton, for example, uh, is still going strong over at the Niederlander Theater. Uh, it's going to be playing until January the 28th. We did a segment on the TV Midday News on Friday with one of the uh, ensemble members, Nick Sanchez, very talented singer and dancer. He's been with Hamilton for five years and has appeared in so many of the different roles. He's an understudy uh, for the actor who plays Alexander Hamilton in the show. Super nice guy and an amazing cook. We did a cooking segment together, and he made uh, Puerto Rican-style beef empanadas that were the most delicious empanadas that I have ever tasted in my life. He did an amazing job, showed me how to make them, and I can't wait to try it at home. Uh, but if you want to see that segment, if you go to WGNTV.com slash midday, uh, you can see Nick uh, do this uh, recipe. But some of the other shows uh, that are still up and running include uh, Beautiful, the Carol King musical. That is, oh, that's actually closing today at the Marriott Theater in Lincolnshire. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is still running out at the Paramount Theater in Aurora. One more week on that. Uh, we've got uh, Northlight Theater's uh, Dial M for Murder, the Hitchcock uh, Mystery. It's at the North Shore Center for Performing Arts. 
that's going to be closing today. So lots, lots that has been running for a while that you may want to try to catch before it closes. But still, so much good is still to come and uh, some excellent opportunities for you to see it. Uh, see some of these uh, shows that are coming in less expensively with uh, Chicago Theater Week, which is uh, going to be coming up pretty soon. Marissa Lynn Jones is the executive director of the League of Chicago Theaters. Happy New Year to you, Marissa. Nice to talk to you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. It's good to be able to be on today and talk about Theater Week coming forward. We're very excited. Yeah, explain what Chicago Theater Week is. Chicago Theater Week is taking place in February, um, February 8th through 18th, and it's an opportunity for everyone to enjoy um, live theater on stage at accessible rates. And so you can get tickets for just $15 or $30 or less um, during that time uh, with over 72 productions uh, across the city and Chicagoland area. Yeah, it's a really great deal. People love Theater Week. Not to mention that it's something to do in February, which is, you yes. know, it's, you know. But, you know, we, we can't really complain right now, right? We got a little dusting of, well, of snow, but, you talk, know. Yeah, we, talk to me after this coming week. They're telling us that, <laughs> that we're going to be getting some snow this week. But, but you know, it's <laughs> normally, February is normally cabin fever time. So an opportunity to get out and see a show and to see it at a discount price uh, is pretty great. Right. And the reason that I wanted to bring this up now is because uh, tickets for Theater Week go on sale this coming week, correct? Yes. So Tuesday, January 9th, you have an opportunity to buy your tickets. It's a great time to, like you said, get out the house and get tickets for the entire family. So um, 10 a.m. on Tuesday, ChicagoTheaterWeek.com. Um, you can get it, all of your tickets lined up. and We'll have... Uh, We'll have uh, Chicago Theater Week bingo coming back this year, too. Oh, really? Tell me about that. Um, so you'll have an opportunity. We have at our, our Hot Ticks location and online, you'll have an opportunity to print a bingo card, and we're giving away prizes for people who get um, bingo for different types of shows or types of theaters that they go see throughout Chicago Theater Week. So um, a great, great experience to see as much theater as possible and check some things off your list and experience new places. Yeah, there, there's uh, always so much that's going on on stage. Uh, in the Chicago area, are there certain shows that you're looking forward to that will be part of uh, Theater Week? Absolutely. Um, I, I really enjoy making sure to see a little bit all over town. So um, at Antigone at Court Theater is, um, is going to be playing. And um, at Chicago Shakespeare Theater, we'll be having our kickoff for Chicago Theater Week on February 5th. And they'll be doing Richard III uh, at Chicago Shakespeare. So I'm really excited to, to see their work. Um, and we have so many across town. So La Pinche India with our Guillaume Theater. Uh, you have In the Heights playing. Um, so really opportunities to see um, some storefront theater as well as uh, some of those those larger productions. Yeah, where's uh, in, in the Heights? Is, is that uh, going to be at the Marriott? Yes, so in in the Heights is uh yeah, I believe that's the Marriott Theater um that's doing in the Heights and then we have 
um, teatros in Zanny, downtown, dinner and dinner and a um, kind of circus show that you'll yeah. be able to see as well for some variety. I went to uh, I went to teatros in Zanny uh, for New Year's Eve. I, I had seen yes. I had seen the previous uh, incarnations of uh, Teatro Zinzani, and now it's a new cast, a new show, a little bit of a new concept. I had so much fun at this show. Um, it's I mean, a great time. It yeah. is so much fun. First of all, it's dinner theater. So you sit down yes. and you have a really nice dinner. There are several entrees from which to choose. But, you know, food aside... Uh, it is comedy. It is uh, uh, acrobatics. Uh, the band that they have is amazing. The singers that they have are amazing. Uh, the feats. Yeah, so much of that raw talent, and, and that's right. what we appreciate during this time, really being able to support the, the individual artists as well that are on stage. Yeah, I, I can't recommend uh, this this new production of uh, Theatro Zanzani enough. It, it really was uh, a fun way to ring in the new year, but uh, what what a great show. I think we have Jersey Boys coming back, don't we, also at the Mercury Theater? Uh, Mercury Theater and, and um, also some, some great ones coming from our storefront spaces. So um, Trapdoor Theater has working, a musical. Um, we have uh, the Second City is doing some shows as well. Uh, and then we got to make sure to support our university performances, so theater school yeah. at DePaul and at Northwestern. Right. Um, yeah, so there's many, a lot. So great production. There's 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 a lot, and if you go to uh, the website, you can get all the information on exactly what shows. But you know, keep in mind that tickets for all of this uh, will go on sale on January 9th at 10 a.m. What's the website? Uh, one more time. The website is chicagotheaterweek.com, and theater is spelled R-E, chicagotheaterweek.com. All right. So, uh, you know, there's there's some good ways. What else uh, are you looking forward to in this new year? Oh, well, besides seeing all of these um, wonderful productions, uh, the league will have a lot of programming coming forward. So we'll be um, participating with the membership in, in festivals throughout the year. We're bringing back our career fair for our um, professionals who want to learn all about theater, not just on stage, but in the background doing crew and lights and administration. So we're very excited for that. And then we'll have the national theater conference here this year as well oh, okay all right so uh lots of things uh to report on in the the coming weeks and months it's always nice to talk to you i hope you have uh, uh, a nice uh, sunday today marissa marissa lynn jones executive director league of chicago theaters always a pleasure thank you so much for joining us today Thank you so much. I know I'll see you in the audience soon, so um, I hope to see everyone else, too. Thank see, you. See you out, see out in the crowd. Uh, coming up in just a moment, we remember the amazing and legendary actress, Glynis Johns, next. The great Glynis Johns in the, uh, one of the most classic motion pictures of all time, playing Winifred Banks uh, in Mary Poppins. Glynis Johns passed away this past week at the age of 100 years old god bless her for that but this is uh, one of her you know more memorable scenes 
uh, performing the song Sister Suffragette uh, in the movie. But what a career uh, Glynis Johns had. Uh, she received an Oscar nomination for her role playing the widowed uh, saloon and hotel owner, Mrs. Firth, in uh, The Sundowners. That was uh, in 1960 as an actress and dancer and pianist and singer. Uh, she was also uh, nominated for, uh, actually uh, won a uh, Tony Award for her work in Stephen Sondheim's A Little Night Music. But uh, I wanted to mention uh, her Golden Globe nomination for uh, her role in The Chapman Report. She had a short-lived CBS sitcom called Glynis, in which she played a mystery writer and amateur sleuth. Does that sound familiar? Uh, like Murder, She Wrote? Yeah, it sure does. And, uh, you know, for, for, the, for the pop culture fans out there, she was each, even featured on an episode of Batman. She played Lady Penelope Peasoup opposite Rudy Valley as Lord Marmaduke Fogg on the last season of uh, ABC's Batman. But uh, she, with, with that unique uh, voice, uh, just brought charm to every performance uh, that uh, she gave us. And uh, very definitely one of those uh, performances was uh, when she uh, sang the song Send in the Clowns from the Stephen Sondheim show A Little Night Music. Uh, it was a Tony Award-winning performance, as a matter of fact, as Desiree Armfelt. 1973 many others would go on to sing send in the clowns but uh, none quite like the great glennis john there have been so many beautiful versions of that song through the years but uh, I, I can't think of any that uh, are so soulful uh, and just really touch touch your 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 spirit uh, as her version, the original uh, version uh, of Send in the Clowns from the Sondheim musical, A Little Night Music, a uh, Tony Award-winning performance for uh, Glennis Johns in that show, who uh, passed away this week, uh, I think it was Thursday, uh, at age 100. So uh, sounds like, from all I, all I have read, uh, Life Well Lived, uh, George Pinocchio, who is uh, a pal and the entertainment reporter for the ABC station in Los Angeles uh, and of, uh, 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 Chicago's very own, by the way, grew up on the southwest side of Chicago, but has lived in Los Angeles uh, reporting on entertainment uh, for a long time, was close friends with Glennis Johnson, uh, you know, has uh, has said that, you know, she uh, while well, she was in a nursing home, the, the last portion of her life but uh, still had her spirit and uh, uh, we thank her for you know her tremendous contribution she is uh, a legendary figure in uh, entertainment so coming up after 11 o'clock uh, my one-on-one -on -one conversation with daniel levy you know him if you enjoyed the hilarious and multi emmy award-winning comedy series schitt's creek uh, it was such a funny show. He and his real-life dad, Eugene Levy, 
you know, produced the show, Catherine O'Hara, uh, part of the show. It was just a quality show for the seven years that uh, it ran. Uh, Daniel Levy now is uh, directing and writing and producing a brand new motion picture, which is on Netflix called Good Grief, a story about losing uh, your spouse and uh, trying to get on with uh, life after that. Uh, We'll talk with Daniel about that coming up in a little while. I also wanted to mention to you a a benefit that uh, I will be participating in with my uh, friend Paul Conrad, who you may also know from our WGN-TV Morning News. Uh, Paul really has spearheaded this event called Achieving My Best Life, which is uh, a benefit for family and friends of people living with autism or intellectual, cognitive, and or developmental disabilities. Achieving My Best Life uh, is a not-for-profit organization that is working to provide access to independent living uh, in charitable and benevolent uh, purposes uh, for people who are on the spectrum uh, to gain, uh, you know, employment, to gain community access uh, for people who are in need of it. And we're putting on this night. I'll, I'm going to be uh, sort of the MC of the night, but really this is Paul Conrad's event, and I'm more than happy to uh, help out. Uh, it'll be a night of um, some very interesting people, Uh, talking about the goals of this organization uh, to take it to the next level, to continue to help people uh, who are uh, living with uh, autism and cognitive and developmental disabilities. But it'll also be a night of uh, great food and uh, entertainment. Uh, It's all going to be terrific, and it's all going to take place at the Morgan Arts Complex, which is in Bridgeport. If you'd like to get some information on this, uh, I'm going to give you a website uh, in a couple of minutes uh, because I can't find it right now in this press release, but I will find it. And I'll tell you how you can get some more information to join us this coming Tuesday night uh, at the uh, Morgan Arts Complex. So we'll uh, talk more about that coming up in just a few minutes. Sir. You guys are kind of a hit today on our text line. Uh, we've got uh, Kevin Wells filling in for Dave Schwan today. Mark Carmen is in for Andy Mazur. And uh, the people on the text line loving you guys. There's one that says, uh, Kevin Wells is super great. Uh, he's a mini Bertrand. Oh, wow. Is that good to be a mini Bertrand? I'll, I'll take it. Oh, come on. Or does that mean because, <laughs> because Bertrand is so tall? That you're wow. just shorter than he is. Does that is that what that means? Uh, no, you're. Uh, I I agree. Very witty, and uh, you add a lot to the show. And then it says, and Mark always knows his stuff, and has a great sense of humor, enjoying it all. I'll set a check or something. Whatever. Yeah, they well, thank you to the text line. Very nice, of you guys, this morning. Nice. Yeah. No, there have been lots of. Uh, Lots of comments, uh, the people enjoying the show today. So. Carm, should I be shooting for someone higher than Mini Steve? I mean, I didn't say that, but if you did, then that's, you know, interesting. <laughs> I think that's good. Both Marquette guys. 
I'm thinking about letting uh, Shawnee and Andy go <laughs> after this. <laughs> See, they're just dead weight now. Wally Pip, you're out of here. Yep. Uh, it's a shame. It's a shame you take a day off, and that's what happens. Uh, let's see what else we had. Uh, lots of people responding to the uh, cop show uh, that we were talking about. Uh, David Soul Hutch from Starsky and Hutch passed away this past week. We were talking about our favorite cop shows, and oh, also uh, the cool muscle car that Starsky and Hutch used to drive. A lot of people remembering that it was a Grand Torino. It was the coolest car ever, and had these uh, racing stripes on the side of it. And uh, if you're my age, everybody wanted a car like that uh, back then. It was like the super coolest muscle car that you could have. But people remembering uh, their favorite uh, cop shows, like someone said, "Don't forget Barney Miller." There's a that is a classic. <laughs> Not that I've ever ever watched it, but I remember the open, just the look of the dude. <laughs> That's a classic, but. <laughs> I mean, the, come on. That, that, don't you, like, instantly see Barney Miller in your head? When yeah, you- the, that music. Uh, I, was, I watched uh, one of the characters on that show was Fish, actor Abe Vigoda, who was, uh, they, they, they spun him off onto his own show, which maybe was the worst television show of every television show ever. It's a horrible show. They did a... Uh, they they did a marathon on some station last week, uh, but anyway, uh, T.J. Hooker was remembered. If any of these ring a bell, do you remember that? With um, it's an, it's what's an, his name? What's his name? Exactly uh, him. I, another I, one I remember well, but never watched. T.J. Hooker wasn't that uh, who's uh, Captain Kirk on uh, Bill Shatner, William Shatner? Wasn't he T.J. Hooker? Just, am I think remembering? Adrian Zmed, is that is that right? Adrian Zmed was on the show, Chicago actor. Okay, yeah, yeah, we have confirmation on that. Yeah, William Shatner, yeah. Uh, Ron Brown, another well esteemed. Thank, uh, thank goodness somebody studied. else old showed up today. <laughs> Heather Lockler. Sorry, was on Ron. Show. Wow. <laughs> Sorry, Ron. Jeez. <laughs> Sorry, somebody my age showed up. Uh, uh, Reno nine one one, maybe one of the funniest shows that's ever been made. Uh, I guess we could call that a talk show, or cop show, rather. Uh, someone said, the A-Team, you fool. Oh, my God. I pity the fool that don't watch the A-Team. Hannibal, come on. That's a great one. Love that. Mannix, Kojak. No, Kojak. I know. I know Ron remembers those. <laughs> Which one should I go home and watch? There's so many here. I got to yeah, make a list. I don't even know where you start with this, but... Kojak was the great Telly Savalas, who uh, his trademark was eating a Tootsie Pop. He was like a a tough cop who always had a Tootsie Pop lollipop in his mouth. Does L.A. Law count? I'm assuming it doesn't, but Uh, I loved L.A. Law. Yeah, that's kind of a law lawyer show, but yeah, I guess so. Beretta with Robert Blake. That was a classic. Cagney and Lacey, did we say that one? We didn't. That was... (laughs) What, what's the honk? What, what's I that? mean, that's just another level when you bust out a Cagney and Lacey out of nowhere. <laughs> uh, Hill Street Blues. Uh, what else here? Yeah, there's. Uh, we t- we tapped into something here with the the cop show thing for sure. Uh, oh, here's one from the 708 area code. I think it's great to get Mark Carmen in, as I usually hear him uh, with Northwestern football. 
Now that is a WGN diehard right there. Yeah. Uh, it is nice to have Mark Carmen here. It's been too long. Thanks, Dean. Good to be here. I'm going to, uh, when, when we uh, let Andy go, I'm going to uh, uh, <laughs> suggest, suggest <laughs> Andy's, Andy's home right now calling Dave Ennett just to make sure his job is safe. It is 11.15. Dean Richards, Sunday morning on WGN. So glad you're here with us today. we we'll keep you posted on uh, the weather because we're right in the middle of... A little bit of a lull between yesterday's snow and snow that we are expecting to come in tomorrow and the bottom really to fall out over the next couple of days with more uh, snow and wind and cold uh, coming in. We'll get you some updates on that uh, from our uh, WGN weather department uh, coming up a little bit later on. We've got uh, more of our uh, regular uh, features here this morning, including our A-list interviews with uh, actor Daniel Levy. In just a bit, and then we've got plenty of sports action for you today. Uh, Let me uh, bring in Mark Carmen to uh, uh, bring us up to date, because this is tricky. It's tricky to follow the schedule today. I think I've got it down here, Dean. We've got Hamp and OB coming up at 12.30 for the pregame show. Bears-Packers kick off at 3.25. And we expect uh, both Hamp and OB to be super cheery. Uh, today especially, right? Yes, there's no doubt that uh, OB is geared up for this Packers game and fired up to wait around till I believe nine o'clock when the <laughs> post game show starts. Because because we have a lot of other stuff in the in the middle. We we do. We have our phenomenal uh, you know Blackhawks team getting ready to go one thirty pregame with Joe Brand, John and Troy at two o'clock. Blackhawks in the Flames, and then there's actually a little interlude there with uh, I believe Andy and Joe will uh, carry you through after the Blackhawks up until Dave Ennett starts his pregame show at 6.15. Uh, Tim and Billy McKinney on the call, Northwestern and Michigan State. Home game for the Cats t- tonight. And then uh, after that, 9 o'clock, wrap up the day with uh, OB and, and Hamp. Pl- they'll yeah. have plenty of time to digest what happened uh, with the Paris and Packers today. <laughs> not, to mention, not to mention that they've been sitting around all day. Uh, waiting to do the show, which will make them extra extra happy and cheery, no matter what happens with the the Packers game. It's disgusting. It's absolutely <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> he's truly he's forever my hero. Just, just, just a great. Play. I'm with you ten thousand percent on that. I love that man. Uh, so anyway, they're coming up here at uh, twelve thirty with their. Pre-game before our, our sports arama continues uh, throughout the day today, so we'll look forward to that. I am every time I hear the story, uh, Kevin, that you've been reporting about this uh, uh, airplane that uh, was it. It was a door that blew out of the airplane, right? I, it looks like one of the. And I'm not exactly sure if it's the door or a window, but it, a whole chunk of a plane. So imagine you're sitting; it's the aisle. Yeah. Or you're you're just sitting in a row of seats. It's the whole like section of the plane. The entire wall kind of blew out Blows entirely. Out. Yeah, you don't want to see that while you're enjoying your uh, pretzels. Think uh, of a few other things I'd probably want to happen first. Yeah, exactly. I mean, how terrifying! Yeah, to have something like that happen. I I was listening to some of the you know aviation experts talking about this, and I guess on some of those planes, 
there is a configuration where there has to be a certain number of uh, emergency exits on a plane based on the amount of seating. If the for this particular plane, uh, there was there was less seating than what was required to have an extra emergency exit. So they just paneled over where this emergency exit would have been had it been an exit, but it was just paneled over. And then for some reason it blew out. I guess we don't really know why. Thank goodness no one was hurt. But how terrifying is that? You're you're sitting... Uh, you know, on a plane, on a flight, and something like that happens, and then it continues for a while. It blows out, and, you know, then people are just taking videos of being on this flight with a giant hole in the side of the plane. And we had one of the passengers talk to News Nation. I'm reading it right now. Passenger Evan Smith said a boy and his mother were sitting in the row where the window blew out, and the child's shirt was sucked off of him and out of oh, the plane. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. I but didn't hear that. That's insane. I mean... I wouldn't even know how you would just be in total shock for hours after that. And yeah, everybody got off the plane. They landed it. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't at you know thirty thousand feet. It wasn't at the cruising altitude yet. And I think that that's what the initial investigation was saying. Like, thank God it wasn't that high up. Or, yeah. it, I mean, this would have been can't even a, imagine an American tragedy. Yeah. I wonder if when people were getting off the plane, the flight attendants were going, "Thank you. Have a nice day." Like three, you know how they do when you leave a plane. Thanks for flying with us. Have you ever flown Spirit, Dean? I have. I did a couple of times. There's there's a funny one going through uh, the social media world that they're announcing on there that hey, you know, we have some turbulence ahead. If you want to go around the turbulence, it'll be fifty eight dollars. And if you want to go through, <laughs> oh my god. Or if you want to go through, we can do. We got you. Keep the discount price that way. Uh, have you ever been on a flight where something kind of traumatic happens? I haven't. Thank you. No, I've been lucky enough to avoid all of that. I was on a Spirit flight one time where the yeah. flying well, through the mountains and the turbulence was just pretty unbearable. Yeah. But when the turbulence, when the turbulence, like serious turbulence hits. It gets a little scary. It, it, it's definitely terrifying. You you actually made me think of, there was an Eastern flight way back in the day where we were coming back from a family trip, and my dad is famously can sleep in anything, and he's dead asleep, and we're bouncing up and down. I'm terrified, so is my brother. And it's like, well, we know there's real problems if that dude wakes up, and he never did. So we got dad, through it. Dad slept through the whole thing? No, was, he, was, he was just being rocked to sleep. Uh, it's probably very comforting to him. Yeah, I guess then. so. Here's what I do when when the turbulence starts uh, getting crazy. Uh, I, I I look for the flight attendants. If they're scared, then I'm going to be scared. But almost always, they're just serving beverages. It's no big deal to them. So I figure, well, I mean, if they're comfortable, I guess I guess I am too. So what you're saying is, Carm's dad should have been a flight attendant. He should have been a flight attendant. It's yeah, a good strategy, by the yeah. way. You're all right. Cool. I have been, uh, I, you know, I, I, I'm not flying as much these days as I did uh, earlier, you know, past few years. But uh, I've been on some flights where lightning has hit the plane. That's, that's pretty terrifying when the lightning hits the plane. Uh, <laughs> because there's, a, there's an explosion. And again, that's something you don't want to hear when you're on a, a flight. Explosions are never something... There's not enough noise canceling in your headphones ever to block out the sound of 
uh, lightning hitting your plane. I was going to say, how loud is that? It's that very, has to really loud. It's really <sighs> loud, and you see uh, like explosion. You see, you know, something happening. So I see it happening, and I go do my go to. Where's the flight attendant? How are they reacting? And they're serving food. It was like nothing. So I ring my bell. You know, I, I do the flight until they come over. And I said, um, I'm a little concerned about the giant <laughs> explosion that I just heard. Uh, and the, the, uh, that, that big flash of light <laughs> that it was just right outside the plane on the wing. Uh, oh, that was just some lightning hitting the plane. It, it's yeah, just, it's no fine. big deal. You'll be all right. It's just fine. <laughs> Never mind that. Never mind. pull back the curtain. You'll be fine. Yeah, it's not something. Would Would you like some extra um, pretzels, sir? <laughs> and I will do anything for extra pretzels. By the way, uh, yeah, somebody on our text line six three zero a compelling reason for keeping your seatbelt on at all times. Absolutely, I keep my seatbelt on all the time when uh, I'm on I'm on a plane. Yeah, I really come to think of it i don't know why you'd really take it off i don't know there's no reason to unless you're i mean you're getting up to go to the bathroom that's about it are you a shoe on, on shoe on or shoe off oh definitely shoe come on. on who takes their you take your shoes off on the plane people you would i've be seen it a couple times shocked but, at yeah. the number of people who think they are in their own uh, not not only their house like they're in their straight to jail their bathrooms or something <laughs> they're in this and in the summertime it's worse because uh, often and people are barefoot walking around that dirty plane with like on you know and they, and they walk into the restroom barefoot they're walking into their barefoot that that's where i draw the line but if you have good shoe maintenance uh, you're allowed depending on the length of the flight if you're in like the corner window seat and you're not you know not sticking it in the aisle i, I i'm i'm okay you're with the shoe off yes if you if it if you just got to know if if you're letting anything out in the air. If you're not, okay, all right, buddy. So if your feet smell good, yes, you're correct. Clear. If you've showered and you've maintained general hygiene, I'm okay with it. After walking a mile to get to your plane in through the O'Hare, airport, yeah, in you the- can take your shoes off. Okay, <laughs> well, most likely you shuffled through the line. There, you haven't broken a sweat doing this. I would hope. Maybe, maybe maybe they should offer uh, some complimentary foot powder when you uh, <laughs> sit and get in the plane. Uh, sir, would you like some uh, pretzels, a soft drink, and some foot powder? <laughs> a little foot spray? Sir, you, you, you have not passed. And for you, it's mandatory, sir. You're going to need to put some of that I on. I will loosen my shoe. But I, I, part of it is um, I just I, I don't want my sock. I would never go airplane, uh, barefoot uh, ever on an airplane. But... Uh, I will I'll loosen my shoe just, you know, to be a little more comfortable on a long flight. But um, I never go uh, full, uh, stockings on the plane. That's my one rule, and I never recline my seat. Any ever. popularity I gained this morning is out. But I, now I might have to think about just going the loosening, listening to you, Dean. That's a nicer, <laughs> friendlier. Just a little, you know, or like you pull your heel out of the shoe, but you keep your... Eh. From, <laughs> now you now just go all the way. Now <laughs> you may as well... Are you getting crushed on the text line, Carm? I don't know. I'm just, I just I know there's people have strong reactions to this. Oh, yeah. But if you have like if you're if you're next to someone who you're with, and you're it's not a rando situation. I don't know. 
Eight yeah, one, I suppose. Eight one five area code says, "Carm, you need sock maintenance." I'm not sure what that means. Can't have a hole in the heel of your sock. Oh, that's, well, that's true too. You got to have a good gross. sock. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's gross. The breathable socks. I just don't want all the cooties from the plane on my socks. <laughs> I don't know whose nasty feet were <laughs> there before me. Don't think about that stuff. <laughs> the worst is taking your shoes off before going through security, says the 847 area code. Uh, there have been a few times I forgot to I forgot to wear shoes that require socks, and then I figured I'd get out of it with global access and to go through the TSA. Yeah, but sometimes you still have to take your uh, shoes off, even if you're TSA, even if you're global access. You know, sometimes you get randomly chosen. How do we not have technology that doesn't know there's something wrong in your shoe? Like we we can't walk through on shoes. Come on, man. Maybe it's just the power they like to hold. Like, yeah, you're taking your shoes off. Watch what I'm going to do to this guy. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm going to make a him a huge machine. That, that. Watch that guy. See that guy? I'm going to make him take his belt off. <laughs> the last time I went through, I got the full frisk. And when I say full, it was full. Oh, really? Oh, my. I mean, would you like to do this in private or right here? I'd like to do it right here, sir. We're not going anywhere in private. Are you nuts? Did he buy you a drink first or anything? <laughs> yeah, where's private? Where's... <laughs> oh, they have that little cubicle off to the side. <laughs> that should have been offered. With Would the soft like... music playing. In the... can, I, can I get you a martini? How, how, about sure. a, how about an old-fashioned? I'm in for the old-fashioned, sir. Great. Let's go. <laughs> um, okay, thank you for the security check. Would you like a cigarette before you go? Oh, nice smoke. Um... Let me see here. Oh, here. Yeah, see, I'm going to get into the recline argument with people. Uh, if if uh, the 773 air code, if the seats on the plane are made to recline, you're entitled to recline. I disagree. I think it's so rude to whoever's behind you. 100% can't recline. Oh, man. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm the problem. I, I've reclined a few times. Because it only goes like... I don't know. But whoever's behind you, A couple though, degrees. That loses so much of what little space they have behind you. That's the that's the thing. I don't like when someone reclines in front of me. I mean, that's what I'm thinking, I guess. When somebody reclines in front of me and now suddenly I have no space anymore because, you know, they want to be in recline position. I, I know, I guess, if the seats are meant to recline, you're entitled to do it. I just don't think it's a polite thing to do to other people sometimes the seats are comfortable enough where you don't need to you know you're flying spirit i don't even think those seats do recline yeah, it's a good move by spirit you That's, got you got to ask if you're going recline you got to look around you got to beg almost and and <laughs> sitting on a piece of wood with leather covering it aren't so. the seats there like uh swings on a playground <laughs> isn't it just a leather strap on chains for the record i like spirit they're very direct you want a water it's six bucks that's it buddy i mean yes or no <laughs> They charge you for water on Spirit? Yes, I didn't know that. they don't wow. give you anything. But, Not, they, but no. they, you know that going, and that's why you okay. get the fare. Right. Well, as long as they're up front about it. All right, well, welcome to uh, Shoe Talk, the new segment on our show here. <laughs> we'll uh, continue and take a quick break and update the news. If there is any breaking shoe news that happens this morning, we'll break right in with an update. Dean Richards, Sunday morning on WGN. Golden Globe Sunday. I know a lot of you can't stand the award shows, but you're interested in who wins. You just don't want to sit through three or four hours, uh, you know, uh, of it all. 
I will have the full recap for you tomorrow morning, uh, both on my segment uh, that I do Monday through Friday with Bob Surratt between 8 and 8.30, and, of course, on the WGN-TV morning news. I'll show you the highlights. I think it, it could be an entertaining show tonight. Uh, our pal Joe Coy is the host, a very different kind of host for an award show. So we'll see uh, what Joe brings to it all. As far as, uh, you know, the movies, uh, this you know, Golden Globes are movies and television. So, uh, you know, the best of the best here. I uh, mentioned earlier some of my predictions. I think it'll be either Oppenheimer or Killers of the Flower Moon for Best Motion Picture Drama. I think Killers of the Flower Moon, the Martin Scorsese movies, uh, could wind up being the winner. I think for Best Picture Comedy or Musical, uh, Barbie has been such a joggernaut this year uh, that I think that that has a pretty good chance of uh, taking the honors there. This weird Emma Stone movie is uh, it it is one of the weirdest things you'll ever see i promise you in a movie it's it weird it's irreverent it's uh, grotesque at times it's super super sexual very very hard r rated uh, but i will say if you want creativity in a movie uh, there has never been a movie like this before so uh, if they're voting based on that poor things could wind up being a winner uh, on that account uh, let me see. We've got um, for the television nominations, best uh, TV series drama, 1923 is nominated, uh, The Crown, The Diplomat, The Last of Us, The Morning Show, and Succession. And uh, I don't know. I think uh, I think maybe The Crown uh, might be the winner in uh, in that. Well, Succession. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think what what I, I'm I'm thinking Succession maybe. That was a great one. Loved Succession. Good good series. Yeah, it was really good. Uh, best TV series, musical or comedy. Uh, naturally, Ted Lasso is uh, nominated. Abbott Elementary, Jury Duty, Only Murders in the Building, which is great. Barry on HBO and The Bear. Uh, experts are predicting that the bear is going to be uh, wind up being the winner in that category. So uh, we'll see. We'll see how it all shakes out. I'll have all of the winners. I'll have all the uh, you know quirky moments, embarrassing moments. This is the award show. Uh, you know, traditionally where everybody gets drunk, so it's uh, you know a pretty unpredictable uh, kind of things with. Could happen on the Golden Globes. And this year, uh, for the first time, it's on CBS. Normally, it's been on uh, NBC. Don't know why they changed, but they did. Uh, so if you're looking for it, CBS or Paramount Plus, or if you're trying to avoid it, uh, as I say, I'll have all the uh, highlights for you tomorrow morning. The um, um, box office numbers are uh, starting to come out. And uh, Willy Wonka is, uh, once again, the number one movie. That's maybe one of the best movies out there right now. Uh, I really, really liked uh, the movie Wonka with Timothy Chalamet. Uh, It's a perfect family movie. It's beautifully made, phenomenally acted. Uh, It's a very beautiful movie. It's the, you know, the prequel the origin story of how Willy Wonka got to be the way he is. 
So there's a lot of familiarity. If you grew up with the uh, Gene Wilder version of the movie, uh, you'll be able to kind of, you know, see, oh, that's how that happened. And that's how that happened. Uh, you know, uh, Hugh Grant playing an Oompa Loompa in this movie is almost scene stealing. Every time he's on screen, he's hilarious. So lots of reasons to love that. And apparently all over the world, people are loving it. It's the number one movie uh, all, all over America. Uh, after Wonka at the box office this weekend, the number two movie is Night Swim, which is a horror movie. Interestingly, they've been releasing a lot of horror movies for the holidays lately. And they do really well at the box office. People, apparently, this time of year, love going to see horror movies. I don't understand why exactly. Uh, After that, it uh, appears to be Migration, the uh, animated film coming in at number three. Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom that started off strong has been kind of petering out. This week falls down to the number three spot. And then uh, after that, it is the George Clooney-directed Boys in the Boat uh, coming in the number five spot. And the color purple, which also started off kind of strong, uh, is also uh, fading a little more quickly than I think anyone thought it was going to. came in number six at the box office this weekend, which I also thought was uh, really good. Also really enjoyed it. But... um, very interesting, this phenomena of horror movies at the holidays. Some people just want, you know, that kind of diversion, I guess. Very interesting. We'll uh, see how things shake out for the Golden Globes. Recap it all for you tomorrow, both on TV and radio. And when we come back from the break, let me get to my A-list interview for this week. Daniel Levy, who you uh, may know from the TV series Schitt's Creek, has a brand new movie out. Tell you all about it and share my A-list interview with him coming up next. All right. Got almost a full show today. We haven't had one of those in a long time. Get ready for Hampton. It'll be at 1230. Uh, so we've got uh, many more of our regular features, including our A-list interview in just a moment. Oh, I was talking about this uh, benefit that uh, I'll be part of uh, with uh, my pal Paul Conrad from the WGN-TV Morning News. It's uh, a benefit for uh, achieving my best life not for profit, which uh, is uh, benefits independent living for people with uh, autism, for people with uh, intellectual, cognitive, or developmental disabilities. It's all going to take place at Bridgeport's Morgan Arts Complex, which is 3622 South Morgan. Uh, It'll be Tuesday night. It's coming Tuesday night from 7 to 10. And uh, really, this whole thing is spearheaded by uh, Paul who, uh, with uh, friends and family, have been uh, working to make uh, lives better uh, for people with, uh, you know, the, the autism, uh, intellectual, cognitive, or developmental disabilities. Uh, this is meant to provide access to independent living uh, for uh, employment opportunities, for community access 
for people uh, with uh, some of these challenges. And it's going to be an evening of people who are very, very much involved in this, uh, talking about it and raising awareness about it. But also an evening of some great food from uh, Michael Bonner, formerly of Let Us Entertain You, and now he has his own uh, catering company, CMB Catering Company, uh, Dulce, Trattoria, and B- Bakery, uh, providing foods. There'll be live uh, music uh, being part of all of this. And uh, as I had mentioned, it is um, this coming Tuesday night from 7 to 10. I will be the MC for the event but Paul will, uh, you know, be uh, speaking from the heart on all of this. He's very, very involved. Uh, it is forty dollars to attend uh, for kids under sixteen, fifteen bucks, and it's free for any family member who is uh, living with autism. If you want to get information on this, if you want to buy tickets for this, and I hope you can join us, uh, if you go to eventbrite.com, eventbrite. Dot com, And then when you go to that page, there's a big search bar. Just type in Paul Conrad, and it'll take you right to the page with all the information about the event and how to purchase tickets and all of that. So uh, we hope to see you this coming Tuesday night at the Morgan Arts Complex in Bridgeport, 3622 South Morgan, uh, Tuesday night at 7 o'clock. Okay? So we'll see you then uh, for that. Um, got a text from uh, Jeff Hoover from our WGN-TV uh, Morning News. And um, he uh, tells me that Jim Gaffigan is going to be one of the presenters at the Golden Globes tonight. So I'm, there's another reason uh, that at least I'll be looking forward to it. I know a lot of you don't like watching award shows. But if you're a fan of Jim Gaffigan, I'm sure he will be uh, hilariously funny. Uh, Some of the other uh, presenters, they did send me a list. And I just had it up on the computer here, and I just closed it. So allow me this one second to type this in. Here we go. Golden Globe presenters uh, will include, besides Gaffigan, uh, Ben Affleck. Jodie Foster, John Batiste, Kerry Russell, Kevin Costner, Kristen Wiig, Mark Hamill, Mark, uh, Matt Damon, Naomi Watts, Orlando Bloom, Ray Romano, uh, Annette Benning, Don Cheadle, Dua Lipa, uh, Andre Day is uh, a list of some of the uh, uh, presenters that have just been uh, announced who will be part of it all. So, as I say, Golden Globes tonight. On CBS, we'll have the full uh, recap on that for tomorrow. I wanted to get into our A-list interview uh, for today. Uh, one of my favorite series of the past uh, several years has been Schitt's Creek. Started off as uh, kind of a small series on Canadian television uh, because it was produced by Canadians Eugene Levy, who you know from SCTV, and his longtime uh, cohort. Catherine O'Hara, who is also uh, you know, from SCTV, but was also genius on the show, a show that was um, put together by them and also Eugene Levy's real-life son, Daniel Levy. Who, now that the show has ended, Daniel Levy is uh, breaking out into uh, some other avenues, including 
producing, writing, directing, and starring in a new movie, which is on Netflix uh, now, that's called Good Grief. It's a story about a man whose husband suddenly dies, and he is left with uh, the grief of losing a spouse and trying to deal with this you know, sudden loss. Uh, he uh, invites two of his friends to join him to go to live in Paris for a little while to kind of get away from it all, to try to, uh, you know, j- just find some happiness in the, this time following uh, the death of uh, his spouse. Uh, and it's a, it's a movie about loss, and it's a movie about recovering from that, but it's also a movie about uh, friendship and the expectations of friendship and the things that you are sometimes surprised to find when you really look within yourself during these uh, traumatic times. In uh, L.A. recently, I sat down and talked not only with Daniel, but also also his two friends uh, played in the movie by Ruth Nega and Hamish Patel. Well, I feel like I wanted to tell a story about the significance of friendship. And so the grief really acts as a catalyst to crack open the dynamic of these three friends and force them to kind of confront truths about each other. And, you know, I think they'd been making so many excuses for each other's behavior, and there was so much that was unspoken, and it took the death to really force them to be honest with each other in in an attempt to invest in the long term, I think, of the friendship, which feels to me like like a lot of conversations I'm having with friends now as an adult. It's a very different relationship that you have with your friends as yeah. an adult as opposed to when you were in your 20s. So I think knowing that I wanted the movie to, to really be about friendship, the grief was something that is there, but it, it gives way f- to, a, to a story ultimately about comfort. Yeah. And Ruth, I, I also thought like self-discovery. Like uh, each of the characters in the movie... Uh, learn something about themselves, grew uh, through this experience. Uh, did did you feel that way also? Yeah, yeah. And I think, um, <clears throat> as Dan said, I think that um, uh, a grief is the uh, lens through which um, the, 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 this trio can sort of, um, um, I'd say, con- confront their own... Um, I suppose that that age that you get to when you are sort of having to grow up, really, and and figure out um, how you're going to move through sort of the more mature part of your yeah. life, and who's coming with you, and who do you want to take, and how are you going to um, negotiate how you evolve with your friends and your allies. And that's not always easy, and it can be as complex and rocky as an actual romantic relationship. But it also can... Our relationships are mirrors to ourselves, really, aren't they? And I think that's what... Um, these three have is a is a is a a bond that they will be each other's mirrors and and stick with each other right. through maybe the difficulties that that sort of presents right. when you really see yourself as as you really are, which is difficult sometimes to accept. Right, uh, Hamish. First of all, that's the most incredible suit that Thank I have you. ever Isn't seen it? on 
What a, a dashing hunk of a person. That is, when you walk down the hall, I, I almost... From the hall, no less. <laughs> I, I didn't want to be a fanboy in the hall. I was like, oh my God, you look fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. That's beautiful. Appreciate that. uh, talk to me a little about shoot, the, the locations for this. Yeah. I mean, the, the locations really are characters in this movie, aren't they? Yeah, and I mean, Dan's got such a great sense of setting and... and made all of those places look gorgeous alongside Ula, our DOP. But it, they all had a character that I think really just added layers to the story in a way that I've not really encountered before, you know? Um, it, it, I felt at home in every single space that we were in. I don't know how you felt, but it just felt like we... Yeah, because we were sitting in a really nice hotel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that bit. Oh, I mean, <laughs> have to be in Paris. Poor us. Ruth has yeah. fallen asleep on every couch in every set of this movie. Any setting, Ruth oh. has fallen asleep on the couch. Oh. Oh. I'm a great nap for Rock and I. I have fallen asleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That really yeah. should be on the movie. We poster both fell asleep on that sofa. In the that couch, in the, par- <laughs> the Paris apartment couch, oh, was far softer than it looks. Yeah. Yeah. The photos I have of these two yeah. napping di- for a week. It was fascinating. at lunchtime. Yeah. The sort of spaces that we got to be in, yeah. like that apartment, for example, which unreal. We maybe got an idea of whose apartment it was, mm. but we weren't quite mm-hmm. sure because obviously they stripped the whole place out. And it's, mm-hmm. yeah. But then you know, getting to shoot there on the Ferris wheel was such a special right. moment. Though mm. also then became very stressful at the last minute. Yeah. But it was it was gorgeous and. It just what I love about doing this job is when you find yourself in these places where you go, I, I wouldn't ever be in this space yeah. were yeah. it not for doing this and telling this story. Yeah. She's waving me off, but I just I have to ask because so many people mm. love Shit's Creek. Is there a movie coming? Is there a movie coming? Right. Is there a sequel? <laughs> is there a prequel? I want whatever they've done to Willy Wonka, I want you guys to do this. Oh, gosh. Well, Willy Wonka took, what, 60 years <laughs> to make another one? I don't know if I can wait that long. Le- I, I, listen, I, if, when the idea comes to me that, that allows me to tell a story that, that moves what we've already done forward, then absolutely. Until I have that idea... I feel very proud of what we've done, and I think part of why people want more is because we've left them wanting a little bit more. We're in a culture of, of overindulging people. Yeah. I love the idea of just leaving people wanting a little bit more because it gets people coming back. You don't want to overstay your welcome. Yeah, the movie is called Good Grief. It's on uh, Netflix now. Coming up after our 12 o'clock news, we'll be uh, getting taking a little deeper dive into what kind of weather we have coming into the Chicago area over the next few weeks. Questions about your home? From the top to the bottom, anything in between. All you have to do is call me. House Marts Radio is live every Saturday morning from 6 to 10 a.m. right here on 720. A Nexstar Media Group station. 33 degrees right now with cloudy skies at 12 noon. Good afternoon. I'm Kevin Wells. The news is sponsored by Cars for Kids. We're done with round one of snow, but two more rounds, maybe three, will happen this week. We are coming up on three hours to kick off Bears Packers. It doesn't get any better. Let's get out to the roads now with WGN traffic. Lots of accidents to report. Three alone on the Eisenhower will start Accident on the entrance ramp inbound from St. Charles, one in the inbound off-ramp to the Dan Ryan, and an accident on the exit ramp to the off-bound Ryan. So two accidents there. 
It's a 30-minute trip from Route 390 to the old post office. No delays on the Edens nor the Kennedy. Next, and on the entrance ramp on the Ryan to the Skyway to I-90 there. Uh, another accident on the Ryan. Outbound at near 18th Street. Again, a lot of these single vehicle accidents just due to the road conditions. DuSable Lakeshore Drive a little slow southbound. Hollywood to Monroe, about 25 minutes. An accident reported southbound at Chicago Avenue. Several rounds of snow and cold are headed to the Chicago area. A first round of winter weather is expected to come in late Monday night and into Tuesday morning rush hour. Then the snow will return Tuesday afternoon and could spill into Wednesday. The second storm arrives later Friday into Saturday. The second system that arrives Friday, Saturday, that is going to fall in a far colder environment. And uh, there is little doubt that the precipitation form will be snow and uh, it's going to fall, you know, occur with some wind. And um, as that system pulls pulls through here, it's going to drag down the coldest air of the season. That's WGN weather producer Bill Snyder. There was 2.6 inches of snow at O'Hare yesterday. That was the biggest calendar day of snow in almost a year in Chicago. Elizabeth Lee was among the 171 passengers and six crew members on board that Alaskan Airlines flight number 1282 when a window section of the Boeing 737 MAX plane blew out mid-flight. She told News Nation about what she experienced. We were on the plane about 20 minutes into the flight, and all of a sudden I heard, like, a boom. I looked to my side, and the whole, like, whole piece of the wall of the plane just is completely off. And the wind is blowing. It's super loud. The cause of the incident still under investigation today. As a precaution, the FAA has temporarily grounded some of those planes of the same uh, type being used by U.S.-based airlines. Again, uh, some of those still grounded today. United Airlines has taken another step towards a potential move of its headquarters from Chicago to Denver. The airline has 5,000 corporate workers in Chicago, most based in the Willis Tower downtown. The airline purchased, though, more than 100 acres near the Denver Airport this past summer and a new filing with the City of Denver says United plans to use that site to expand its pilot training operation and potentially employ 5,000 corporate employees. Former President Donald Trump submitted his ballot paperwork to the Illinois State Board of Elections last week, and this year he opted out of signing the loyalty oath. Trump signed the oath when he ran in 2016 and 2020. The loyalty oath is an optional document candidates in Illinois can file in which they swear not to teach or advocate for overthrowing the government. Uh, Candidate Ron DeSantis and President Biden signed it this year, but candidates, Republican candidates Nikki Haley and Chris Christie did not. The GOP presidential candidates are campaigning right now in Iowa. The Iowa caucus is less than 10 days away. News Nation's Kelly Meyer reports. Trump's top rivals, like Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, taking digs at the former president for his comments about the recent school shooting in Perry, Iowa, saying it was terrible and, quote, we have to get over it. I wouldn't tell them that they should just get over it because it's tough. Trump attacking both DeSantis and his former U.N. ambassador, Nikki Haley. Ivanka just wanted to help people get jobs. I said, I'll put you in the United Nations and you'll be ambassador and you will be better than anybody that's ever been there, 10 times better than Nikki Haley was. Haley then responded by saying Trump has has a temper tantrum about her every day during the campaign. President Biden will give his State of the Union address on March 7th. The formal invitation was sent to the White House uh, by Republican House Speaker Mike Johnson, who said he was inviting the president in this moment of great challenge for our country. And quote, the address will come after a pair of critical deadlines to avert a government shutdown. WGN Sports Time now, 12.05. They were shoveling snow off the stands and there was a tarp on the field, but getting ready for football up in Green Bay. Big day for the Bears with lots of decisions coming up. 
up. Justin Fields looking to play big today. Matt Eberflus, Luke Getze also under the microscope as the NFL regular season comes to an end tonight. Yesterday, the Steelers beat the Ravens 17-10. Pittsburgh needs help today to get in as the games get going right now. Into the playoffs are the Houston Texans who beat the Colts 23-19 in a winner-take-all playoff battle. Bunch of sports coming up on 720 WGN today. First, we've got hockey. Blackhawks at Flames at 1.30. Of course, no Connor Bedard out four to six weeks with the broken jaw. Joe Brand's got your pregame show. Two o'clock, the puck drop with John and Troy. And then Northwestern basketball tonight at 6.30. Cats and Michigan State going on right now is Michigan and Penn State. 37-27 Michigan on top at the half. I'm Mark Carmen, WGN Sports. Temperatures about mid-30s for today and then tonight. Cloudy skies and a few flurries are possible. Overnight lows settling down towards 31 in the city and some upper 20s out in the far northwestern portions of Chicago land. For tomorrow, cloudy skies and then some rain and snow developing as we get late in the day and the early evening hours. High temperature for tomorrow, about 38. From the WGN Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Tim Joyce. Temperatures in the low 30s across our entire listening area. 33 out in Valparaiso, 32 in Lansing, 35 along Chicago's lakefront, 33 degrees at O'Hare. I'm Kevin Wells, WGN News. Next news when it happens. Next scheduled news at 1230 on Hampton OB. All right, tell me what you think of this uh, menu this coming Wednesday on uh, my TV cooking segment. I'm trying to do some things that are like uh, comfort food, you know, for like chilly weather uh, kind of uh, offerings. We've got a cold day like we have today. By Wednesday, we will have had snow, you know, and all that. So what I'm gonna what I'm gonna make is a homemade sun dried tomato soup, homemade, like from scratch, homemade. That sounds delicious. With my favorite kind of grilled cheese sandwich, French onion grilled cheese sandwich. It's a big move by mm. you, Dean. I'm not surprised because you're Dean. I, w- I would try the soup. Not oh, a come huge, on. I'm not a huge cheese guy, but I'll try the soup. You're not a big cheese guy? No, I'm not a big cheese guy. He's not a cheese I'm guy. Get rid of Wells. Kind of a, yeah, that's kind of an ongoing joke around here. Nobody, I'm just not, I, I, I'll doesn't eat it. Like but cheese. I know. It's kind of a... All right, Schwa- I hope that's not a deal breaker. I hope I can come back. Schwanny's back in. You're out. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Radio business is ugly. Why'd you get fired? I don't like uh, cheese. Not a cheese guy. You got mad at me because I didn't like cheese. It's Packer week. I can't eat cheese. Come on. There's my tie-in. Oh, so I didn't even there's think, my excuse. I didn't think of that. Good play. Uh, it's, <laughs> you, but you don't like a grilled cheese sandwich? Not really. No. I used to as a kid, and then I just... I don't know. I just don't. I'm not a dairy guy in general, if I have, I'm being hey, honest. You are a communist. Hates ice Ouch. cream. <laughs> You hate ice cream? I love the... I I, I don't hate ice cream. Who are you? I prefer the non-dairy ice cream. I think it's better. It doesn't hurt my stomach as much. Uh, Well, if you're having, you know, that, if you get that. But here's here's the sandwich. You like like a grilled cheese sandwich, right, Mark? I love a grilled cheese sandwich. Grilled cheese. Grilled cheese. I put... um, I caramelize some onions first. Mm. I put a little caramelized onion on the grilled cheese sandwich on uh, sourdough bread. Mm-hmm. Grill it all up so you got the cheese and the sweet onion along with the tomato soup. Call it a day. little dip action. little dip action. Mm-hmm. That's good eating right there. That sounds delicious. The soup sounds delicious. Yeah. The soup sounds delicious. Can't believe that you don't <laughs> like cheese. Who doesn't like cheese? Word on the street is that Kevin's into soup. Loves soup. I'm going to make a chicken and wild rice soup today, I think. That is my 
play before the Bears game this yeah. afternoon. Yep. Well, you're going to have plenty of time because you won't have to spend any more time on this show after that. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I'm very. <laughs> you don't like signing cheese. off for you the final get, time. You don't get on this show. It's, uh... They did a bathroom in our basement. We worked with the same people we worked with before because we've used Mega before. They're very straightforward and they have ideas. You know, they offer alternatives to you and let you make the decision yourself. We're talking today with Mega customer Julia Ginsberg. We as a family enjoy it because it's convenient for us being in the basement. You know, we don't have to run upstairs when the, when the kids need to use the facility. They originally were referred to us from some family friends and they um, had updated our kitchen a few months back and we went ahead because, you know, we had such a good experience the first time. The people we worked with were always very honest and they show up on time and actually after they finished they did send in the cleaning crew. And it was a real positive so overall, I mean, it was a great experience. One mega call does it all. 847-658-8989 Megapros.com One mega call does it all. Snow River Mountain Resort awaits. Two UP mountains spread over 400 acres with more than 200 inches of powder annually. It's just over the Michigan-Wisconsin border in the Upper Peninsula. Maximize your time and book a room or suite in the freshly renovated hotel. Or treat yourself to the chalets. Recently upgraded with snowmaking, Granite Peak's new sister resort is your UP powder destination. Visit snowriver.com for more details. That's snowriver.com. Twelve eleven, Dean Richards, Sunday morning, now Sunday afternoon on WGN. Busy day around here. We uh, make room for Hampton OB coming up at twelve thirty, and then at one thirty, Joe Brand takes over with Blackhawks pregame. Chicago Blackhawks hockey follows, and then uh, Northwestern. Dave Bennett, the Cats. And then Hampton will be with the post game from the Bears and Packers game uh, coming up today. So lots still to come for you here today. We're keeping an eye on the weather uh, because we had that snow yesterday. We've got uh, many changing conditions over the next couple of days. A little bit earlier in the show today, we talked with WGN-TV meteorologist uh, Bill Snyder, who is Tom Skilling's weather producer, extremely knowledgeable about what's going to be happening around here. Let's talk uh, some uh, Chicago winter weather, because oh, yeah. uh, the yeah. next, next few days, as you said, the next uh, week or so, uh, we're, yeah. we're going to have a stark reminder of what winter means in Chicago again, aren't we? Right, what's right. Gonna I mean, happen? You know, what's going to happen today? Well, you know what, today, Dean, I don't think there's going to be too many problems today. We had a little bit of, you know, as, as you had mentioned at the start of the show here, that uh, we had a little coating of snow overnight this morning in, in spots. Um, today, I just expect us to to, to see some, um, you know, some drizzle and, and, and maybe a few spits of flurries here and there, but uh, no accumulation or, or anything to be concerned about today. Uh, and even temperatures are probably... Uh, warm up a little bit than from where they're at right now in the low 30s. I think we'll get into the mid-30s this afternoon, so I'm not expecting any any travel issues or any of that so forth today, but uh, when things start to get interesting is um, you know later tomorrow night, and um, 
you know, we've got, it's, it's a complex system. Um, it's going to come in two, two distinct waves. So the first one arrives, Dean, it looks like, uh, oh, somewhere about midnight or so, you know, maybe an hour or two on either side of that uh, tomorrow night, and it'll, it'll go into the t- impact the Tuesday morning rush hour. Um, and that system, the, the first wave of snow, which will be wet and heavy snow, I'm not, you know, I should mention too. So that's going to be, you know, caution is certainly advised as far as removing that type of snow because it's, uh, it's, it's very wet and, and we, we refer to it as heart attack snow because temperatures are going to be hovering right around or even a degree or two above freezing. And that's the, when, when temperatures are that warm and you get, you know, heavy snow to fall, it's always going to be of the uh, wet variety. So that system, Dean, will, looks like most of us um, can expect about one to three inches from that first round of snow by Tuesday morning. Um, however, if you're, if you're listening to us, you know, along and south of I-80, so areas like Kankakee, Valparaiso, Rensselaer, Indiana, those areas it looks like could get as much as two to five inches. Oh, wow. And uh, so that's, that, you know, again, that's going to, uh, I don't see any impacts tomorrow. Morning's rush hour will be fine. Tomorrow evening's rush hour will be fine. But uh, this will certainly have uh, an impact on Tuesday morning's rush hour, especially on those you know, secondary and untreated roadways right. um, that you, know, you could run into some slick spots. Then I think we'll have a brief lull in the precipitation. So probably Tuesday morning, even till about through about lunchtime when that first wave passes through, we'll have a break. But then um, we'll see the next round come in, and that looks like it's going to impact, certainly have an impact on the Tuesday afternoon and evening rush hour and, and could spill over even into Wednesday morning. Now, the difference between the first wave and the second wave is that the secondary one looks like it's going to have the biggest impacts to our northwest. Uh, so if you're listening to us from Rockford, Dixon, DeKalb, Huntley, um, those areas certainly look primed right now to see four inches or more of snow from that secondary wave. Elsewhere, it's going to be the, the, the forecast is quite tricky, Dean, because it looks like there's going to be a sharp cutoff in snow amounts with, with that main wave as it comes in. And, you know, as we always say, you know, people like to post snow maps on social media days ahead of time. You know, our, our technology's gotten so good, but the fact of the matter is is that there's just no skill at precisely predicting the, the exact amount of snow in your neighborhood five or six days out, which is why what we try to do in the weather profession here is we try to just, you know, the approach is to just flag the system down and say, hey, look, this is a system that we're watching. It's going to impact the area, but, you know, at this point in time, let's just, let's just, you know, keep give an a eye heads up. Just keep an right, eye on it. Right, exactly. Yep. And, 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 and if you're traveling that day, you want to pay close attention to the forecast, and it's certainly something that would be refined in, in, in the coming days. So, you know, the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, any slight alteration in the track of the low-pressure system, and that's, you know, typically what we, what we look for in, in uh, forecasting winter storms, but, you know, a, tr- a, a change in the track, Dean, even 30 to 50 miles, can have a huge impact on just where that narrow band of heavy snow lays out. So the way it looks right now, and again, this, you know, again, this is subject to change, but the way it looks right now with that main, main wave of snow that, <clears throat> excuse me, that's going to come in Tuesday, um, you know, Tuesday afternoon into Wednesday morning, um, you know, the far west and northwest suburbs look to be most favored. So, you know, even, even as close by as Elgin and Aurora, um, you know, could be in for it. Now, areas close to the city, it's going to be a close call. I mean, there'll still probably be some snow, 
Um, however, I don't think that the heaviest snow band is going to fall like right over the heart of Chicago okay. or even, even even affect affect our our two major airports. Right. Um, but but you know it's interesting. Yeah, we're we're certainly going to watch that, and and that's not the only storm we're going to see this week, Dean. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? When, that's what we wanted to hear. I don't, you know, as a matter of fact, with, when do, when does the second punch come in? So the second storm looks to arrive later Friday into Saturday, and that system, you know, you know where. The two, the two distinct differences between these uh, systems, Dean, is that the first one, we're teetering right on the fence as far as the, where the rain snow line is going to lay out, and even where it's going to snow, temperatures are going to be hovering around or even you know even a couple of degrees above freezing, and that is always tricky when forecasting snow because if your temperature is above freezing and it doesn't snow heavy enough, um, you get some melting and compacting of the snow as it falls. And uh, you know you don't have as much accumulation as you would otherwise if the if the temperatures were colder, or, you know, more dense atmosphere for the snowfall, the production to to occur. Now the second system that arrives Friday Saturday that is going to fall in a far colder environment, and uh, there is little doubt that the precipitation form will be snow, and uh, it's going to fall, you know, occur with some wind. And um, as that system pulls pulls through here, it's going to drag down the coldest air of the season uh, by 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 far, and uh, that's going to come in this you know next weekend, and it'll spill over into the week that follows. And you know oh, we could boy. be, you know, some days the you know during this stretch of days here, we could be talking uh, high temperatures and single digits and oh, wow. win, uh, the nighttime lows that dip below zero, which we we haven't seen that yet. You know we've been so fortunate uh, this winter. You know we like to refer to winter, you know, climatologically in the weather profession is one that starts in December 1st and runs through the end of February. And, you know, up until just a day or two ago, you know, we've had 18 consecutive days with temperatures yeah. above normal. We've, we've had the third warmest start to a winter in the past 153 years. We had, you know, we, we marveled at just how extraordinarily warm December was. And, uh, and even, you know, even the lack of snow, I mean, it's what, you know, it's interesting, Dean, you were mentioning about our snow yesterday. <clears throat> I looked, we had 2.6 inches of snow officially at O'Hare uh, yesterday. Do you know that that was the biggest calendar day snow here in almost a year? Wow. Since back on January, January the 25th yeah. last year, we had 3.6 inches. So well, I'm it's not, been I, a while. I, I haven't been complaining about it. I, I no, I know. I haven't I, minded I, it at all. Me. Let me. No, let, I let haven't me, either. I'm sure. I'm sure our uh, our snowplow uh, drivers out right, there probably would, right. would beg to differ with us right. on that one. But exactly. I, I completely agree with you, <laughs> Kevin. Did you have a question uh, for uh, for Bill? My question was answered miserably, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, I uh, yeah, I wanted Bill to know about thorough. Fridays. Bill, if Bill is nothing else, he's thorough. I will say that much. I, I just wanted to know about Friday because. I think we were all talking about this Monday thing and more snow, and we haven't right. really had any. And now I'm like, what the heck? There's something coming in Friday, but too yeah. early to forecast totals for that one. That was pretty much all yeah, I had. Yeah, you know, you know, Kevin, I hesitate. We hesitate to do that just because, you know, there, there's certainly... Uh, too much can it, change it, between every, now and then, right? right. Yeah, well, sure. Early. And and again, like I said, you know, the precise track of the low-pressure system, you know, at this distance, you know, it, it, at this point, what we say is it's lines on a weather map, okay? You know, we our modeling has gotten so good, but um, even at this distance, you know, this close-in distance, you know, you you change the track 
and, and there's been fluctuations, known to be fluctuations in the storm track, especially at this distance. Hmm. And 50 to 100 miles in that track can can really make a difference in where the heaviest snow lays out. So, Kevin, you um, can't. You know, you again, can't. that's another system to watch. You yeah. know, we, we'll, we'll, let's get through the first one that comes in uh, tomorrow night through uh, through Tuesday night into Wednesday. And Kevin. We'll, we'll tr- try and catch our breath and get ready for the next one. You can't tell that he's uh, Skilling's uh, producer at all or, you know, assistant and protege, right? He is phenomenal. With all the details. Bill, you are the greatest. The only thing I want to know, what do you use for dibs, Bill? <laughs> oh, for dibs? You know what? I don't, I, uh, Kevin, I live in the suburbs, so I don't need any dibs. Huh. Oh, yeah, lucky man. <laughs> so no, 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 no dibs. I know, but I, I always marvel at, uh, just the different types of things that people use. One of my, uh, one of my favorite things party. every year is uh, the creativity. It, it is, I think. Yeah, the creativity yeah, that people that. have of uh, you know putting stuff out in the street to save their parking spaces. Uh, I got right, right, I got exactly. I got to get a couple of messages in here, and then uh, Kevin will have a news update for us. Bill, we really appreciate the uh, very very thorough weather uh, update. Thank you, my friend. Welcome back. Hey, always. Dean, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, my friend. I'm gonna, everybody stay stay warm this week. I'm going to have a tropical drink thinking of you while I watch the Golden Globes <laughs> later on today. Yeah. Hey, there you go. That sounds like a good plan, my friend. All right, buddy. Thank you. That's Bill Snyder. We uh, were talking with Bill Snyder earlier in the show today. The uh, Tom Skilling's uh, weather producer over at Channel 9, Emmy Award winning. And uh, he had just <laughs> came back from vacation in uh, Montego Bay in Jamaica. <laughs> So he was uh, went from the the warm weather. I what did he say? Eighty degrees, mid eighties, to uh, you know back to this, and then coming back to uh, the snow that looks like uh, snow and cold that we're going to be dealing with over the next week or so. We will definitely keep you posted on uh, all of that. Uh, we uh, will be getting a news update from Ron Brown in uh, a couple of minutes, and then it'll be Hamp and OB previewing the Bears and Packers uh, game for today, just ahead of a full day of sports here on WGN, which will include the, uh, the Blackhawks today, Joe Brand coming up with a pregame at one thirty today following Hamp and OB, and then uh, Dave Ennett, the Northwestern Wildcats, uh, following uh, Blackhawks, and then Hampenobi will be back uh, after that with uh, Bears post game, uh, and uh, hopefully it'll be a positive outcome uh, for all of that. So that's uh, what we have coming up for you today on WGN Radio. Coming up on uh, the uh, TV side this week, I've got my a- well tomorrow first of all with the Golden Globes. Golden Globe Awards are tonight. They are on CBS and on Paramount Plus tonight. Uh, very unusual because for decades it's been on uh, NBC. But if you're looking for it tonight, it's going to be on CBS. I know a lot of you are not uh, overly fond of the award shows, of sitting and watching the award shows. Uh, you know, there's something for everybody. I think they're incredibly entertaining, but, uh, you know, some people don't. I will watch it all. I'll have the full recap of all the winners and losers tomorrow. On uh, Bob Surratt show, on my regular uh, segment that I do with Bob between 8 and 8.30 tomorrow morning. And, uh, of course, all morning long on the WGN-TV morning news. We'll show you uh, the winners. Uh, we'll show you any special moments. We'll show you, uh, you know, anything that's uh, worth seeing. We combine it down so you don't have to sit through a long, boring uh, award show. Although I don't think it's going to be 
all that boring this year. You know, our friend uh, Joe Coy is uh, hosting the event this year. He's very different from, uh, you know, previous hosts that they've had on uh, any of the award shows. He's a very different kind of stand-up comedian than, say, Ricky Gervais or Tina Fey or Amy Poehler or, you know, some of the others who have done it, where it's, you know, attack all the people who are sitting in the front row. Sometimes it gets political. Joe doesn't do stuff like that. He's very funny in a different way. We'll see. We'll see how he uh, how he does with it all. We'll, whatever it is, we'll, uh, you know, we'll give you the full analysis on all that tomorrow morning. So we'll look forward to bringing you that. Later on in the week, we uh, have... Uh, some other special things for you, including one-on-one with Kevin Hart, one of America's favorite uh, comedians and actors. He's got a new movie out, which it's an animated movie on which he does a voice, but we are able to sit down and talk with him, and we'll share that with you coming up later on in the week. Also, we've got my uh, regular Wednesday cooking segment. We've got so much going on. Uh, on my regular cooking segment this coming week, because we're trying to keep it uh, you know, fitting of the weather. Uh, and uh, with the snow that we've got coming in, this colder weather that we've got coming in, I wanted, you know, kind of a comfort food, something nice and toasty warm. Uh, and I will be doing a homemade from scratch uh, sun dried tomato soup. I use, I use regular tomatoes in it, of course, also, but I add sun dried tomatoes in it because. The intensity of those sun-dried tomatoes just brings the level of tomato goodness up to a different level. I put fresh basil in it. I've got garlic in it and uh, sautéed onions in it. And uh, what else do I put? I've I've got all all kinds of uh, completely fresh ingredients that make a delicious soup. I'll show you how how easy it is to put together Wednesday on the WGN-TV morning news along with my favorite kind of grilled cheese sandwich. All of that and more is coming up.